and welcome back, everybody, as uh, Sports Talk ready to roll from Radio Road, day three here at the Rise Federal Credit Union broadcast location, along with the aforementioned uh, Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. What a week it has been for us. Today is our final day. We've got tons of guests as we've had all week long. And as we started off, let's bring on the guys that have preceded us uh, these last three days, both uh, Steve Foster, Chris Fernandez, laying down the law as the two of them have laid down their broadcasts and uh, a very memorable nine hours combined. Gentlemen, you're on your way out of town, but we had to have you here to start us off and talk a little bit about uh, what it's been like for the two of you. You know, Cappy, this has been a great week for us getting to hang with you guys, first of all. Adrian said it earlier, we don't see each other enough, so when we do, we make a count. It's been a great week, uh, a great inaugural visit for you guys here at uh, Radio Row for Super Bowl 57. I've enjoyed hanging with Steve as always. We have always, we always have a good time chopping it up. We certainly envisioned in, in Cappy, it, it's, it was time. And, you know, sometimes you have to be patient. Uh, we can uh, liken it to uh, Drew Pearson having to wait for uh, his induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Either way, it's worth the wait. And I'm, I can't say I would rather do it any other way than from home with you and Adrian. Yeah, we appreciate that. <laughs> um, by the way, you ended the show at 3. You just made a speed record to get over to Flava Flav <laughs> to make sure that you got a photo taken with him. And I know that is probably one of your highlights of Radio Row this year. Because the two of you played in a basketball game 30-plus years ago. Actually, Dean Kane who played Lois and Clark, played in the game with him here in Phoenix. Okay. But I had the all-access pass and oh, had him in the back okay. with the, in the green room. And, uh, yes. That's uh, what it was. was. Yes, it was. Okay. That's, that's nice. By the way, you had an all-access pass your whole life with Dean Kane, haven't you? I have. That's nice. Those, those passes uh, definitely have its privileges. That's for sure. Membership has its privileges. And, no doubt. And uh, you know what? It's been a privilege to work uh, alongside my – uh, broadcast partner and Chris Fernandez, but then uh, equally as well to come and collaborate for our city with you on 600 ESPN El Paso. A lot of fun uh, last night, Adrian, while you uh, bowed out uh, after the show. I spent the rest of the evening with these two guys, and uh, we had a blast. Um, I got to see how many people Foss knows, and there are uh, hundreds of them, and they were all there last night, and male, female, the like. Uh, he was a very popular guy, as Chris could attest to. Yeah, it was, you know, you never walk into a room where they don't say, hey, Foss, there's the Foss. Hey, they, you know, Steve Foster, what's up, buddy, and stuff like that. So he does get around, but, uh, hey, who can blame him? That's right. Well, I like to block for folks, and it was great. Uh, Big shout-out to the folks that put on the cigar party, uh, initially called Dicka and Jaws, uh, for Mike Dicka and Ron Jaworski. Brian Erlocker has now kind of uh, stepped in to that Chicago Bears perspective. But Ron Jaworski, a great host. Uh, we got up close and personal with him and got to see him last night uh, along with um, – a bunch of notables, and it was kind of cool how they did uh, what they did last night, and uh, just a lot of fun, great atmosphere, and you know Chris big on the uh, on the cigars, so he had us moving around, and uh, you know notables everywhere, and so uh, a lot of fun. Um, it was great to see the um, 
the unbelievable Eric Dickerson from Seattle, um, Thurman Thomas, um, Jim McMahon. To, think, to, to catch up with Jim McMahon. I think that was everybody's just, favorite, And it just, you know. Yeah, it was a lot just, of fun. It, we just conversed with him, just talked with him, and, and uh, he sat. He had, he had plenty of time for us, Cappy. I missed Marshall Falk. I went into the restroom yesterday, yeah. and there was Marshall Falk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Came we, right we, by. We, yep, he came he right missed, by and went, yeah. Marshall, 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 and he smiled. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been fun getting to meet these guys between here, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and, and, and other places. But here's the good thing, Cappy. You will have that same a type of uh, broad uh, appeal because you'll get to see them on 600 ESPN El Paso like we did. That's true. That's, That's right. A, a good point. Hey, guys, I'm happy that you guys got a chance to go. Just like Steve said, I bowed out last night. I was thinking, all right, it's going to be a chill night, hang out with uh, my friend that I'm staying with. Yeah. Uh, we end up going to Barstool Scottsdale, and we run into Pittsburgh Steelers uh, starting quarterback Kenny Pickett last night. Couldn't be nicer. Uh, was with a group of friends, trying to hang out by himself. Uh, like uh, El Paso fans understand and might remember, Kenny Pickett actually played with Pitt at the Sun Bowl in 2018, so he's made a trip to El Paso quickly made a, uh, a comment about the Sun Bowl uh, to him, and he definitely remembered the city of El Paso, loved it, and then he got bombarded by a couple of Steelers fans. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted, to, I wanted to know why, when we were there, no one from the management took him away and put him in VIP. He was out there among everybody else. I mean, so, he was just hanging out. He, that's hiding in plain sight. That's right. There you go. Sometimes, you know, you just figure, hey, if I'm just here, uh, and, and I've seen that several times, but you know what? Gave you an opportunity to share with him the 915. That's exactly right. And thank you for snagging the picture and offering it to me today. <laughs> it's good of stuff. Yeah. Um, again, guys, uh, you know, this is all in anticipation of the football game, yes. which will be happening on Sunday. But yet you look around here right now, a lot of Radio Row is getting torn down. People are on their way out of town. People have packed up and, and are either staying maybe to watch the game or just going home like the two of you. But, um, you know, this place has been buzzing, buzzing since we arrived really Tuesday afternoon and goes uh, all the way through till Friday and uh, a lot of fun. In fact, Flav of Flav is still all the way over there. He's, he's doing some interviews. Yeah, um, you know, we'll try to see if we can grab a flavor on the show and maybe get uh, a little extra bonus time since we oh, already man. have Brett Michaels as part of our guest today. Had a chance to see him earlier, the front man of Poison, uh, a super guy, and just uh, about as, as approachable as you would ever find. That's I think that's the best part is seeing musicians that are here, non-football players, so excited to do anything uh, media-wise. And we in the variety. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> From Poison right to Public Enemy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, but and all friends. quality. And, right, exactly. Listen, music and sports, to me, go hand in hand. And I think they've always done that. You've seen the athletes that do what they do with the headsets on pregame. Yeah. And then you see uh, a lot of the celebrities, the non-athlete, pro-athlete uh, celebrities playing in different uh, charity games. Mm-hmm. And so it, it all mixes in together. It's, it's it's wonderful. It's great to see the variety. I think 
Adrian, you also mentioned, and I met Kevin Harvick one time, but there was NASCAR in the building as well. That's right. I mean, there was NASCAR in the building today. There was WWE out there. Yeah. Uh, we UFC, had, right? We had UFC fighters galore in the house and in the building. Uh, it's the who's who of just sports media personalities. Heck, I mean, we talked about, oh, okay, well, NBA season's going on right now. Not a lot of personalities. Sham Sharania, number one uh, insider for the NBA, he was walking around doing the rounds, and he was actually conversing with another insider, Ian Rappaport, but from the NFL side of things. So really cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about the breadth and depth of who attends, um, I'm really excited that now 600 ESPN El Paso can can put the flag in the ground and say, hey, uh, we're at the big show as well. And so we're not leaving. So uh, it's true, and we'll look forward to being back. Guys, before we let you go, because we've got to talk about the other storyline, which is UTEP's game last night, which uh, Adrian had a chance to watch a lot more than I saw. But uh, let's talk about your prediction. Who's going to win on Sunday? What do you think, guys? So I am going to stick with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's not okay. going to be a blowout. It's going to be a good game. There's going to be a lot of defense played. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, the Philadelphia Eagles are hungry. They're Actually, they are starving. They're not hungry. They take the win. Okay. What about you, Foss? Well, I think Jason Kelsey is going to get Travis Kelsey. I think uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. Mm. Um, I love it. Uh, so I, many I, Eagles picks on. I mean, it's just well, everybody's going, jumping on the, on the bandwagon. Uh, it's, it's not a jump on the bandwagon. When we spoke a long time ago, it mm-hmm. seems like, and you asked me to rank the quarterbacks in the NFC East, I put Jalen Hurts as one. You did, and so. Uh, I'm just going to ride with it. Uh, maybe if you had asked me about some something different, then I would have said Patrick Mahomes. But there's something to uh, consistency, and, and I'm I'm just going to ride it. And and, and I'm going to go with you know history. The last time the Eagles had a Texas born and bred quarterback, they won in Nick Foles. Yep. So you know. If some's good, more's better, as has been said on Sports Talk Radio. And well said. So we're going, to go, going to go with that. All right. Well, listen, you guys have been great. The, uh, the helmet is wonderful, but more than anything, the experience is even better. Appreciate all you guys were able to do, and uh, happy that we're able to make it out here. And in the first of what will be many opportunities yep. to be back uh, here at Radio Row in the Super Bowl. Certainly our pleasure. Thank Cappy, you I'm sorry I ate half of your brownie. Um, <laughs> Apparently, and the best and the best part was oh, was that the <laughs> best part is is that when, when apparently when Foss was told it was my brownie, no, his, his no. response was not I, anymore. I, I will say this, Foss. I, and Chris, it's so great to be with both of you guys. And it's sad that we're going to have to say goodbye. But it's a close of the chapter for Phoenix, and it's a hello to Las Vegas. The countdown begins, right? That's Absolutely. It. And, again, Cappy, we do want to say with, with our sincere, sincerest heartfelt um, words yeah. uh, that we the, the least we could do was was get you um, this helmet. It was it looked, I think it was only a one-of-one. And you're a one of one. Thank you. So uh, we want you to have that. Don't leave it anywhere. It's yours. When when right. you're done with Sports Talk Radio, uh, at that point it goes to your house with you. And that will uh, – and then you say, you know what? Foss did eat half my brownie, but he did leave me 
with this autographed yeah. Super Bowl helmet. That's, yeah. Golly, I'm uh, you sorry. know what? There's always a there is always a silver, silver lining, lining silver right? Lining. Yeah. Always, always. Yes. a silver lining. You guys got to sign it before you leave. That's right. Oh, you got to put you your autographs say, on there. Yes. Okay. That's true. All right, so, friends. All right. Well, Neighbors. you guys, you guys sign that sign that helmet. Okay. And uh, looking forward to that. And again, appreciate uh, you guys being with us, and uh, we'll look forward to make this an annual thing. Sounds, Sounds good. Great. All right, that's uh, Steve Foster, Chris Fernandez with us uh, here on Sports Talk. And again, uh, you know, our Rise Federal Credit Union broadcast location, a lot of great sponsors. Uh, Steve and Chris were responsible for Technomark El Paso, Synergy Temperature Control, also El Pedo Grande Tequila, uh, Pelicans, Steak and Seafood as well. You know, just part of the family and, and Rise FCU. So it's uh, really cool that not only are they here broadcasting, but also. We have sponsors that bought into this specifically for them. Yeah, and we can't thank our sponsors enough for all the support they gave us. Uh, same with Foss and, and, uh, and Chris. Uh, Want to also thank Expert HVAC and Refrigeration, the Oscar Arietta Agency, Morami, a Barrio Kitchen and Drinks, Border Pallets, Chick-fil-A Airway and Sierra Vista Mall, New Start Homes, along with Burger Bros and Papa Eric's Burgers. So uh, special thanks to all our great supporting sponsors. You're 100% correct. All right, we got a lot to cover on the show today. Today, UTEP goes down to Charlotte. Fans are unhappy, and uh, we got a lot to say. We'll do that, plus guests, guests, and more guests. That's going to be the theme as we wind up what has been a great week out here in Phoenix, Arizona. In the meantime, let's get it started right. Here's Charlie One with traffic. Alvin Jones Jr., 10 minutes away here as we continue on Sports Talk. Still to come, live from Radio Road, Dave Tobe, the Chiefs assistant coach. Special teams coordinator. He's right underneath Andy Reid, basically. He is Andy's right-hand uh, command, and uh, Dave Tobe will join us uh, as well. Looking forward to that. Uh, former UTEP assistant to Bob Stoll back in the 80s. We also have uh, Steven Espinosa at 530, bottom of the 5 o'clock hour. Darren Woodson will be with us to begin our 6 o'clock hour. Steven Espinosa, by the way, the head of Showtime Sports. He's also an El Paso native, graduated Coronado in 88, and uh, Espinosa has been running Showtime Sports for more than a decade. One of the biggest names out there in uh, sports, uh, in, in I guess sports television, the best way to put it. Um, we also have Brett Michaels at 620. Um, and then at 625, uh, we're going to continue that with Josh Palmer of the uh, Chargers. And then Marcus Smith will be with us at the bottom of our 6 o'clock hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. So uh, we got a lot more in store uh, as we kind of get you you ready for the big one, Super Bowl 57. Steve, uh, you know, this is such a great day. People are winding things up. Uh, They are hanging out, walking around, doing their final rounds here uh, and getting ready for the big one. I mean, Philly, uh, Kansas City, it's coming up this Sunday. Everybody's ready for this one. And like you were were saying earlier, and you alluded to this, a lot of the momentum in terms of the picks has gone toward uh, the Eagles side of things, which I find very interesting. Me too. Me too. I almost feel like the Chiefs are the underdogs in this whole uh, grand scheme of things. Uh, Let's talk about the Miners last night. Uh, This was another um, bad performance at home. There's no other way to put it. They lost to Charlotte, uh, a team that they had defeated on the road earlier this season. This time they lost. Uh, They did not shoot the ball well at all from three-point land. They gave up a ton of threes on the flip side. 
And Adrian, uh, as far as uh, you know, the fans uh, upset, upset when this game ended. This is now an eleven and thirteen basketball team. They're two under five hundred, but worse, they're they're just not able to try to turn the corner and when we heard the news about Mario McKinney last night it just seems like it's going from bad to worse right now with UTEP basketball. It's very interesting Steve because they started off with so much positivity optimism around this group. They were beating teams in close games and I granted it's not your high level mid-major opponents but still you're beating quality uh, teams from some of the lesser uh, mid-major conferences. I mean Texas A&M Corpus Christi getting a win over Alcorn State in double overtime like they did in non-conference play. That New Mexico State win at the time uh, seemed relevant, and now looking back on it, that's not a great win when you see how the Aggies have closed out the, the you know, or have uh, gone through this whack stretch. But the Miners have now lost five in a row. Yesterday they allowed Charlotte to hit 13 three-pointers. And uh, you know what? For the Miners, I, I get it. They're fighting in late games situations you can credit them for that but this team right now it just seems like they're counting the days before this season's over unfortunately steve and I, and, I, and you know what they're gonna fight uh, throughout the rest of the season but i'm not sure how many wins they're actually going to get i don't know either and, and, and that was the story is that the team fights they, they they don't it's not like they're they're giving up they're not they're just not good enough to win consistently. That's the hard part about this team right now. You can't fault the effort. You know the guys care. They do. They just don't have enough finishers. Actually, they, they hardly have any finishers, and, and that's the issue right now. And, um, you know, it's frustrating because last night they cut it to six late in the game, and then a couple of baskets, and it's a 10-point game, and it's over. And you know, we've seen this too many times right now. And here's the really interesting thing, okay? When you look at this team, last year, Joe Golding arrives. He takes a team that was mostly intact from the previous season, wins 20 games. This year, total roster overhaul. Total roster overhaul. And right now, the team that he built is is two games under 500. And we can say all we want that he built this team without NIL dollars because it's true. He did build this team without NIL dollars. But you want to know something? There's probably other mid-majors that were also built without NIL dollars that are near the top of their conference right now. So the fact is, is that even though NIL is playing so much into the grand scheme of things, you should still be able to put together a group that you know can win more basketball games than you lose, especially when you got a guy with the coaching caliber of, uh, of Joe Golding at the helm. And you shouldn't have to be uh, you know, counting the days to when your season finishes in early February. I get it. February is the month of the grind. It's, it's where you try to uh, fine-tune the last few things ahead of the conference tournament to try to make a push for the NCAA tournament and try to get that bid. But UTEP is so far from that this year. I mean, comparative to, comparing to last year, last year this is where the team really surged. Yep. This is where the team really was catching their stride, and they finished it uh, – 
finish the season by defeating the top team in Conference USA, North Texas, last year. Now this season, this time around, they don't have the shooters. They built this team around guys who play unbelievable defense, but they have no scoring abilities, especially in late-game situations. I've we, We've constantly wondered, who do they go to in late-game situations? And it's been, throughout the whole season, a score by uh, you know by a collective approach. They can't rely on one or two guys, unfortunately. No, you're right. You They can't. And uh, and it's been a problem. Um, yet here we are. We've got you know still plenty of games left this season. Yet the miners have not shown the ability that they will go into the conference tournament next month, um, surging. If anything, it's the opposite. So that's what's so difficult right now. They got to go play UTSA. UTSA's won what one conference game so far this season. And the last thing you want to you want to see is is them to get hot and beat UTEP uh, and, and and suffer another bad loss to the Miners. And this is a bad point for UTEP right now. This is the time where they cannot uh, ease up and just overlook the competition. Can't look overlook any competition. UTSA is awful. I mean, seven and eighteen, one and thirteen in conference USA. This should be a victory for the Miners, but UTEP is so bad on the road. I, I mean, they're not a good team when they travel away from the Haskins Center. They are one and nine away from the Haskins center compared to 10 and 4 when they're at home yeah that's true so um you know my thanks again to utep zay and sal for taking care of minor talk last night presented by the oscar to get to all state agency appreciate that guys terrific job as well but um you know it's one of those stories that uh if you're a utep fan um they're frustrated they're upset and uh, i get it i i really do it's just fans have seen too much of this over the uh, in, in recent years. They have, and you know what? It's just, it, it, I guess it's beyond frustrating when they see a program that at one time hung banners left and right now is just a shell of the program it once was. That's what's so difficult. Right, and and you know, I'm not trying to general overgeneralize all of the fan base right now, but some of the fan base is frustrated with the coaching staff, and yeah. that's where you start to get the little murmurs, right? I mean, hey, look, you got to have patience out there. It's just year two, but at the same time, in year two, that's when you're building that momentum to give yourself a good offseason to where you can recruit a lot of different guys and bring in, you know, some better players, and, and that's frankly what UTEP needs coming into next season. They need to kind of scrap this uh, philosophy and how they built this team and maybe think of something different where they're surrounding themselves with shooters. Maybe they teach them how to play defense down the line. Uh, Sal did a great job last night hosting the show. Zay killed it again, as always, uh, producing the show on Minor Talk. And Sal was asking listeners, Steve, at 11-13, and 13, UTEP has seven games left in the season for uh, for uh, 14 wins on the year. Are you saying over or under, knowing UTEP has seven games left and they're 11 and 13 right now i go under how about you i i was telling them last night maybe i'll just push maybe i'll mm -hmm. say 14 exactly and if that's if that's not fair maybe i'll just st stick with the under as well because they haven't given you a reason to uh believe that they can string along certain wins maybe they go win here and there but especially on the road I, I don't know if i trust this team well that's the problem i don't know either all i know is they've got utsa two o'clock tomorrow our coverage starts at 1 30 with the countdown to tip-off show, and then the game will be wrapping up uh, probably around 4 or so, and then minor talk following that. Um, we'll uh, minor talk tomorrow. That's right. 
You'll be, uh, you'll be uh, doing that? Who I, I will not be back tomorrow, but same with Sal and Zay. We'll be back on the road tomorrow, heading back to El Paso, and then uh, Zay and Sal back at it again. They'll be hosting tomorrow's show. Uh, I know this is a tough time. I mean, me and Sal have done minor talk for a long time, and yep. we understand that there's highs and lows between the fan base, but right now, fan base, they're they're frustrated. They're upset, and you know what? They, they want this team to try to turn things around. I don't blame them. I don't blame the fans. I can't. You can't blame the fans. You know, there's just, there Five comes a point where you just there comes a point when you've seen enough. I get it. All right, look, we've got uh, a busy uh, two and a half hours. Alvin Jones Jr. As we continue from Radio Row, more sports talk in a moment. Six hundred ESPN El Paso. All right, we're here in Radio Row, and you never know who you're going to run into. Sometimes it's great to see Alvin Jones Jr. with us <laughs> because the last time we were face to face was years ago, and you're in the studio with your brother. Yes, so um, happy you're in Phoenix, and uh, tell me a little bit about how things have been going for you. Uh, things have been going good. I resigned back up in Canada, so I'm going to play another year up there. Um, see where that goes, but. Just really getting all the off-field stuff ready, getting it all set. Been good. Can't complain. All right, so you got to talk about the CFL. Tell us what it's like. First off, what's it like living in Canada that time of year? Uh, it's cold. Like, So I went back out there last year in May, and it was snowing. Like, So, yeah, it's different. I mean, it's a different. It's really a different game. you got 12 players on the field. The, the receivers can get a running start. So it's an offensive game, but it's fun. You see a lot of athletic things. How long did it take for you really to get – acclimated with that style of football and just get used to it? I won't even say I'm used to it. I'm still not used to it. The game, that So it moves so much faster than the NFL. You got a 20-second play clock, and you got three downs instead of four. So it moves a lot faster. But, I mean... Nah, I never get used to it because like, you got things like onside punts and and stuff also, like that. There's a wider field, right? Yeah. It's a wider field. So just think that. of a regular football field, probably add like nine yards on each side. Mm-hmm. So it's like you see wide receivers catch hitches and just turn out and try to beat you with speed, things like that. Yeah, it's crazy. But I can imagine that if you're a defensive player and you excel in this level, then all of a sudden you feel like you could play anywhere, right? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's a different game, but I feel like I can, you can play anywhere. Quality of talent. Tell me a little bit about some of the guys in the CFL. Mm, so it's actually so most of the guys were NFL players besides the Canadians because you got to have Canadians on your team. But most of them came from the NFL, had stints there, whatnot. So it's you're very talented. I I don't know if you heard Chad Ochocinco talk about it. It's okay. exactly what he said. <laughs> now you're playing with Saskatchewan, correct? That's where you are. I'm still up there. Okay. Now Saskatchewan, you mentioned it. It is cold. It is crazy cold. cold. So playing football and those kind of elements, I mean, it's, it almost reminds me of the MAC when we were talking about MACTION yesterday yeah. and what those games are like in the Midwest. Yeah, no, it's it's different. I, so I never wore sleeves till I started playing up there. <laughs> Try to be tough, but no. Oh. Try to be tough, but it's cold. Like, nothing I've ever been before. The red zone, like, has got to be a weird thing, too, because... because you got the goalposts right in the front. Yes. So I didn't see people get people run into the goalposts. Uh, people use, like, the receivers do a great job at using it. So if you got a crossing route, you go right in front of it, right behind it, yeah. things like that. You've been around. Uh, you've been around a while, and uh, it's cool to now see all these former UTEP players that you guys went up with now start to get into either the NFL or even some of these other leagues yeah, across. I know, uh, was the XFL? Justin yeah. Rogers, Denzel, like that's dope to see. Yeah, and what about guys like Nick Needham who've stayed in the that's NFL? My dog. Nick, Nick, and Will. They 
Uh, Nick got hurt this year, but he was having a – you seen it, the game before he got hurt, locking up Jamar Chase, things like that. And uh, Will, he's – Will is Will, mean, aggressive. <laughs> and Roy Robertson Harris Roy is killing it in Leaps and bounds this year, leaps and bounds. Like, he became like a he leader. A, yeah, and, uh, he leaps and bounds this year. It's crazy. I'm so proud of him. So is it fun for you just to see your former teammates playing, doing great, and, and just and, and just having so much fun? It is fun because it's like we all, we, we grinded together, we struggled together at UTEP, and uh, we became more than just friends and teammates. We were brothers for life. So as far as your football career goes, you mentioned it. Back another year in the CFL, do you want? An, you obviously want another shot at the NFL and, and get a chance to try to uh, still get in, right? Yeah, that's the goal. Um, but uh, I mean, at this point in life, I'm I'm a little older than I was back then. So it's I can make a career up there and get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. rather than going to things like the XFL, USFL, just because I'm older and they looking for the young guys coming up and things like that. Alvin, tell me what the fans are like in Canada. Are they just rabid football fans? Uh, so our team, we're kind of like the Packers of the CF- CFL. We don't have an owner. We publicly own, and, like, all there is in Saskatchewan is football. We have the best facilities and the best fans, but that's all, that's all there is there. So have you started playing hockey yet? Because everybody loves hockey in Canada. Nope. I, I, look, I went ice skating. I've sworn I used to get ice skating. Not anymore. How big is the basketball scene in Canada? Because now you start to look at the Canadian national team, they got like a great yeah, stacked it's, roster. It's crazy because I, I guess I, have, I don't get to see it because I'm in Regina. So we don't, hockey is the thing there, hockey and football. But I, yeah, I don't know much about the basketball up there. You're a big basketball fan though, yeah. right? You ready for the trade deadline today? Uh, nah. Let's. Who I wanted the Warriors to go get, that's my team. I wanted them to go back and get KD. We can get rid of Draymond. But, nah. Uh, How crazy is that trade, it's huh? It's crazy. I don't know. I, I feel like as an owner, no way I'm, I can just trade my best players. And that's the thing. As a basketball fan, imagine that Brooklyn a week ago was right there in the middle of the East. Now they just got rid of and both Kyrie of them were playing KD. good. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, no. I don't know. that. I don't know what goes through people's head because you don't you – don't, it's been – tons of teams around the league that don't get players like that have never had superstars like that and you just okay we're getting rid of them now you've been around football your whole life what's radio row like for you just having a chance to really soak all this in at the super bowl and, and check this out before the big one um i think my first year at 2017 on radio road that was like i was i won't say i was starstruck but i was still in college and you see some of your favorite players and I'm like, oh, can I get a picture? And now it's like, I want to say this is my sixth time here. So it's just like dope to see new people come around, new interviews, different things like that, and just get to enjoy it with my brother and my mom. How about the matchup itself? What do you think about Philly and, uh, you know, Philly coming up uh, against KC? So Pat, that's my boy. But I really want to see Jalen Hurts win. It's, I love his story. I love everything about him. It's just so, so you're conflicted. You like both guys. Yeah. But I, I mean, like I'm, like I know Pat, like, but I don't know Jalen Hurts, but you know I, his story's crazy. He's just like humble and hardworking. That's all he. And you've known Pat since the beginning, so you since, tell me uh, since 2017. Him and Aaron were training together, and that's when I met Pat. And then we used to have the same agent. Does it blow you away that he's taken that? Like I mean, he's at the top, top of the quarterback. Or did you know from then that he had that chance? Look, I knew he was good when we played him because the first year at Texas. Texas Tech came to UTEP. He didn't play. That next year, 
Yeah, no, nah, I knew he was good. Because, well, look, after Aaron got hurt, they went up like 50 unanswered points. I, and I'm like, nah, he, he's going to be good. And it was crazy to me. Like, he wasn't getting the, the respect, but you, who needs it? He's showing everybody right now. What's the story like with uh, with Aaron and Patrick's uh, relationship? Because didn't he Aaron jump in the car? Isn't there a weird story that he jumped in the car right after his pro day to go see Patty's pro day or something like that? Oh yeah, him and uh, yeah he him and uh, his girlfriend at the time they drove down there to see Pat's pro day, hang out with Pat and Brittany, and just chill. Yeah. Tell us about the foundation. Let's catch us up on everything you guys are doing right now. Uh, we're doing shoes for well, so we're about to do the yards for shoes. We're going to start uh, handing those out, giving. Over a thousand kids pairs of shoes. So, and then we're finishing up our Freedom Is campaign. We just had a Zoom call with uh, all the families. We whatever they wanted to do, we did it. So someone did uh, rent out like Urban Air and things like that. So we just rent it out for them, and they can bring whoever they want and stuff like that. So A and A all the way is is gone. It, it's it's growing bigger than ever, and yet El Paso, Green Bay, you guys have really established in both communities a terrific foundation, haven't you? Yes, sir. Um, I mean, where that's where we're from, El Paso, and then Aaron's always Aaron loves Green Bay, so that's the community you want to help the most where you're at all the time. I'll tell you what I love. I love seeing all those 33 jerseys out in the crowd. That's it's it's a lot of fun, isn't it? When you get to see everybody. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. It's, I feel like it's so surreal, like. You walking by and people are spending their hard-earned money on Aaron's jersey, and it's dope. All right, so what's the uh, jersey you're wearing with the uh, with Saskatchewan right now? What number are we lo- we talking about? What number? Uh, I was 47. I I want to go back to 58, but I mean it don't really matter. Can you? Uh, is that maybe now that you've resigned? Can you tell him, hey, listen, I want I want 58. Uh, well, so somebody had 58 before I got there, so but I, I don't I'm not sure he's resigning. So if he doesn't resign, I'm gonna go ask him. With this team, with uh, you know what you've seen this year with the Packers and Aaron this year, what was this year like? Uh, just kind of watching how he emerged, and he just shows it year after year. That's the cool thing about Aaron. It's not one season and then he's out of the league or anything like that. It's year after year he's showing his consistency. No, I just see the the hard work he puts in every day to to master his craft and things like that the little things that people don't get to see and uh it's crazy because that's what's going to take you the furthest and uh you know it's a little disappointed they didn't make the playoffs and I know he was he was sick they didn't make the playoffs but um just gotta get back in the lab start working again so it doesn't happen again give us a taste of what to expect from you in 2023 2023 huh I'm gonna be in Canada balling out and hopefully get back to down south <laughs> great to see you thanks for spending yes, some time with thank us. you 48 past the hour as we continue live from radio row the rise federal credit union broadcast location steve kaplowitz adrian brought us with you on sports talk pat mcafee is just around the corner from us in the <laughs> phoenix radio booth uh, apparently holding court for something that's happened and um pat's one of my favorites i'll be honest with you i i been in this business a long time. I like people that are different, that yes. can do different things, and he's kind of reinvented the wheel in sports broadcasting. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's part of that new media push. It's where athletes have uh, been given a platform, to, and they've not only embraced it, but they run with it in a totally different manner. I mean, he yep. just brings so much passion, energy, and controversy to all his shows, which are so much fun. I mean, it's a I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan as well, Steve. Yeah, we'll see. If when he gets done with this, maybe we can get him for a few minutes uh, here on the show before uh, the 5 o'clock hour really gets cooking. Plus, uh, Takeo Spikes could also be dropping by on the program. Right. Uh, he has done terrific with his behind the mask. He's got his own uh, book. He's doing 
doing uh, interviews with different uh, football players and legends, and he's really turning that uh, into a nice movement with his behind the mask. Spikes is one of the guys who you fear when you uh, watch him on the field. He's just an absolute yeah. monster, uh, and he was one of the standouts that you, you look at for somebody who played for the Eagles uh, himself. So uh, I would love to get his thoughts not only on what he does off the field, but also about Super Bowl 57 coming right up. No, I'm with you on that one. It's uh, it's very cool. That's all going down here at the at Radio Row. It's kind of exciting. We haven't seen any real activity because everybody's leaving, and here comes Pat McAfee holding court, right? Yeah, it's kind of like the time when guys get to come back, wind down. There's not a lot of people, so no one's really swarming you too much. True. But everybody here around, it's kind of like, hey, let's, let's spend some time. Let's talk a little bit more. And I, I get it. There's the big uh, the big production studios are breaking down, and they're they're finishing up. But, uh, yeah, there's still some energy out here, and there's still people walking around. You're right. Uh, Aaron Jones was uh, in the Oakley booth uh, a little a while ago, and uh, Jordan Palmer was there yesterday, so they've got their booth in the NFL Experience, which is right next to us. How close is the experience? So I actually found out it's past this curtain. How hilarious is that? Like, past the green room curtain on the backside of this, that's where the Super Bowl experience is. But Steve, it's yep. jerseys galore. I mean, there are so many people out there. Uh, I, I could not even uh, begin to think how crazy it is. There's actually this one stage out there where they have the Lombardi Trophy, and people are taking pictures. That line probably had over 150 people in it. No, well, not kidding. It'd be like taking a photo with the Stanley Cup, which we were able to right. do when it came to El Paso. It's one of those rare opportunities. you got to take advantage of that. Yeah, and people were on the stage itself, like the yep. stage uh, with the trophy itself, which was really cool. So, I mean, just being up and cl- up close and personal, it's great for the fans here for Super Bowl Radio Row and, and the, to be a part of the NFL experience for the Super Bowl. That, that's what makes this week so much fun. It really does. And like we said earlier, the next two hours, are going to be packed with guests. We've got a lot of people we're going to be talking to, former UTEP assistants who now are longtime assistants in the NFL with Kansas City and Andy Reid. We've got musicians. Um, we have other NFL football players that are going to be with us today on the show. I mean, just, uh, we want to, and we just want to give you a little taste of, of what it's been like here uh, since we arrived. One of my, uh, one of the interviews that I'm looking forward to the most, Darren Woodson, coming up mm. at our, in our six o'clock hour. Yep. Cowboy fans will love this one uh, and you know what the, the former Cowboys have such a, an appreciation of the city of El Paso because they, they know our city brings uh, a ton of Cowboy fans out there I mean you know you and I aren't Cowboy fans but we get it remember this Darren Woodson played in El Paso three years in a row in that controlled scrimmage he yes. knew exactly what it was like when he saw 40 plus thousand people going to watch a uh, uh, practice between these two teams and he was part of some of the uh, Cowboys teams that our listeners reference like hey you haven't been relevant since the time Darren Woodson played with the Dallas Cowboys which is so cool uh, the fact that he's gonna be joining us here in our six o'clock hour that is so true so so true so that's all coming up on the program excited about uh, that today and and hopefully uh, some more surprises for you as we get you ready uh, till uh, seven o'clock cutoff time and then uh, making our way back to El Paso tomorrow, uh, just in time for uh, what we hope will be the the big one on Sunday. And uh, excited about after all the hype and all the buildup, getting a chance to see uh, you know these two teams battle it out for uh, 
football supremacy. Yeah, now it's game time, right? Now it's time to, uh, you know, everybody's done all their prep, all the stories, all the previews. Now it's time to actually play the game on Sunday, which I'm, I'm fired up for. How about the NFL awards last night, Steve? Patrick Mahomes taking home another MVP. Mm-hmm. Highlights include offensive and defensive rookies of the year coming from the New York Jets. Mm. Ahmad Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson respectively winning those two awards. Probably the only time in the history of Jets franchise football that two Jets both won those uh, those Player of the Year awards. Yeah, I wonder how many times in a single season a franchise has seen that. And, and that's really cool right there. There was a lot of great awards. Uh, Dak Prescott yep. won Walter Payton Man of the Year award yesterday as well. And uh, those awards were highly anticipated. It felt like yesterday was kind of like the peak of this whole week of Super Bowl uh, you know, Radio Row. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you on that. Um, as far as the rest uh, of uh, what it's going to be like for us today. Again, Adrian broke down the guests a moment ago. We are loaded today here on the show. You're going to get to hear from Darren Woodson. You're going to get to hear from Dave Tobe. You're going to get to hear from Poison's Brett Michaels. That's all happening on the show today. And um, we've, we've talked about it. Just guests galore from start to finish. We're out here on Radio Row as we continue. How about the fact that uh, we got a, an interesting guest coming up in our six o'clock hour? I'm talking about wide receiver for the uh, uh, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, Joshua Palmer, who's really emerged over the last season. Uh, you know, his sophomore season in the league, and uh, somebody who, you know, what a young player in this league, but somebody who wants to really make a name for himself. Yeah, someone that uh, you know is has done this a couple of times, and is pretty excited about being back and looking forward to hopefully being in this game instead of having to work Radio Row. We'll continue with all that and more. Hour two, right back at you. Live from Radio Row at Sports Talk, Super Bowl 57, 600 ESPN El Paso. Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. Welcome back along with Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplow. It's This is uh, a very pleasant surprise for us because Radio Row is being torn down right now and people are getting ready to head out. This man uh, is uh, was here. We're kind enough to uh, let him spend a few minutes with us. And I got to tell you, as far as broadcasters go, what he has done in the last few years, no, I'm serious. What he has done in the last few years has been nothing short of uh, remarkable. He's Pat McAfee, host of the Pat McAfee Show. Great to have you for the first time and face-to-face. Really appreciate you being here. Steve, thank you for having me. Obviously, Adrian here and then whoever the voice was back in El Paso. I hope you're doing fantastic as well. I appreciate the kind words you were saying, too many of them before we went live. I'm lucky to be here. Thanks for having me, man. Transitioning from the NFL as a punter, to this business and the rise you've had, I mean, is it something you ever even thought about when you were playing in the league? Um, interesting. Um, I have a great team with me. I have a great group of dudes with me. We kind of all have the same mindset where it's like all we're trying to do is just create a good show every single day. We're not really worried about everything else. Did I think that I would have some sort of success? Yes. That's why I retired whenever I did. And whenever I was playing, I was lucky enough to have a podcast. I was lucky enough to do stand-up shows in which I rented out the theater myself, sold the tickets myself. I was able to do a lot of things while I was still playing. Yeah. So if it all failed, I still had the NFL check to kind of rely upon. But I knew quickly that I was feeling fulfillment from something other than football, and I wanted to go chase that. Did I know that we were going to be able to do incredibly cool things like sit on Radio Row and interview people and have Aaron Rodgers on every single week and get a chance to learn from A.J. Hawk every single day? Like, no, I had no idea, but I thought there was a chance. But it's all kind of blown up in a fashion that 
I don't think anybody anybody could have expected, and obviously very grateful for it all. You've reinvented the wheel in this business, and that's so difficult to do because think about who's here. you got Chris Russo, who started this off in the mid-'80s with Mike Francesa, Jim Rome, who also had a huge run, still does, still on national television. Hell yeah, Romy. Absolutely. And then here you are. But, it's again, it's about finding ways to do things a little different that people aren't necessarily – they haven't done it before – and then all of a sudden it catches fire, and the next thing you know, it's the hottest thing going. I mean, next thing you know, you're getting sued by Brett Favre. Right. <laughs> That's the, the next thing you know. But I appreciate those kind words, and I don't think we're aiming to be different. We're just kind of just aiming to be ourselves. None of us wants any broadcast school. Like there's the, um, yeah. the broadcast boot camp that the NFL does for players mm-hmm. where players go to broadcast boot camp. All the networks are there. You kind of get show the ropes of what you're doing. It's like an expedited broadcasting school for all experts. I got rejected from that three times. Like, wow. they didn't even let me in it. So I don't really have a clue on what it's supposed to be. So yeah. whenever I go to ESPN and I get to do a show like Get Up with Mike Greenberg and I get to see him work in the production work and how they go about putting a show together, that's, like, completely foreign territory to me for versus what we do. Like, we just are a group of dudes that are having a conversation every single day about the top, like, I don't know, 10 to 15 subjects. Yeah. If we get to some stuff, we get to it. If we don't, we don't. So I don't know if we intentionally aim to be different or if we just have no idea what we're supposed to be doing. And uh, we just kind of struck a little bit of fire, which I think it certainly is. But I appreciate the hell out of your kind words for sure. No, it's the truth. And, and again, I think what people have done with their loyalty to you, especially on the YouTube platform as you've done it, but you've crossed over, you've done the satellite, you've done other, you've, now you've been in professional wrestling with the WWE as an active performer. How in addition stupid to is that. that? It's, it's the awesome. greatest it's so thing. No, awesome. are you kidding? Listen, most of us have grown up watching wrestling. It's something we dream of. And yeah. you know what? I wanted to be, I couldn't decide if I wanted to be Gorilla Monsoon or I wanted to be Gene Okerlund. I wanted that role to be that straight guy who would not crack a smile when somebody was yelling and screaming in my face with a microphone. You're doing both ends of it. It's unbelievable. Thank you. Yeah, I'm getting to live out a lot of dreams. It's the dumbest life of all time. And everybody at the WWE has been so incredibly kind to me. Yeah. So, like, whenever I go over there and I'm meeting people that are just like legends. Like, I'm just walking up to him, like, oh, Undertaker right here. Oh, my God. I'm Pat. Very nice to meet you. First time I met Brock Lesnar, I was like, holy hell, this is Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm such a big fan, and it has been such a dream that I think it's so stupid that they let me in there. But, like, wrestling at WrestleMania and obviously getting stunned by Stone Cold Steve Austin and then Royal Rumble getting a chance to get a surprise entrance, which, like, being surprising wrestling is like something that superstars get to do. Their character will either disappear, then they come back. I never knew if I was going to be able to have that moment. Got to have a Royal Rumble. Like, everybody's so nice to me. So I just try to enjoy the hell out of it all. Mm-hmm. Game day, that presentate, that opportunity just came out of nowhere on like a Wednesday. After the show had already started for the season, I think there are two episodes in. Hey, Pat, Jimmy Pataro and I start talking. Do you want to do college game day? This weekend, I'm like, let's figure out how we can make it work. Then I got to see what the WWE is. So it's like these things just show up in my life. Yeah. And I have no idea why. I'm incredibly thankful for it. And then I just try to enjoy it all. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a hell of a run thus far. Honestly, it's been a hell of a run thus far. Pat, uh, take me back to 2009. You, it was one of your first wrestling matches against the War Pig yeah. in West Virginia? Yeah, absolutely. What was, what was that all about? Um, East Coast, East Elite, ah, what was the name of that? Pondo, Madman, IWA? Pondo. IWA, yeah, there it is. 
Is it? Yes. IWA East Coast. Yes. Yes, that was what it was. So I was, uh, they did shows in Morgantown where WVU was when I was in school there. Yes. And I used to go to the shows because I was a wrestling fan. So they do an indie show where, I don't know, they probably break 50 tables. Like so many chairs will be going through heads. Staplers will be there. It was like at the Army Union there in Morgantown. So I got a chance to get to know them a little bit through that. Then immediately upon my eligibility getting up for the NCAA, before I was assigned an NFL team, I had like a free time there where I had no boss. So I reached out to them. We had a good conversation. I was going to come down and do an autograph signing in an IWA show. And as soon as I get there, I'm literally told the entire time, like, don't get in the ring, don't get in the ring, don't get in the ring. You already have a couple, like, minor in possession of alcohol at Morgantown. These NFL teams don't need to have any question marks about you. Like, I don't know, you might wrestle or something like that. So I'm being told by everybody, don't get in the ring, don't get in the ring. We drive down there. As soon as I get there, they're like, you want to get in the ring? I'm like, yeah. Absolutely. So we cooked up this entire thing where I was signing autographs. And then Warpig's uh, speaker, I should remember his name, said some things about me. I get in there. Warpig attacks me. We have a match. I end it with a super kick. I'm undefeated. So I go into the NFL, and I just say I'm undefeated because I was in my wrestling. I go to indie shows. I go to OVW in Louisville, Kentucky. I'd go to these other places and kind of check out the scene because of how big of a wrestling fan I was. And everybody I'd meet, you know, I get talking. They're like, Warp, you want to get warped, like, because indie wrestling, obviously, everybody talks. One person would know. I'd let them know I'm undefeated and that, you know, I'm planning on getting back in the ring. But that was my dream, man. If I didn't make it to the NFL, I was going to be a wrestler. Like, it was just, that was a matter of fact. That wasn't, like, a question mark. So after an NFL career, getting an opportunity to still do it and find out if it was the right move or not. Like, was I right when I thought I should be in the professional wrestling business is kind of what the WWE has allowed me to find out. And I've enjoyed it all. And. Hell yeah, I think I was supposed to be there. I, I think agree. I was supposed to. Pat McAfee with us. Who'd you grow up, like, who was your favorite wrestler as a kid? So, Steve and The Rock, mm-hmm. I think, if you see me the way I operate, you could probably tell that those two probably crafted me. You know, I got a lot of white trash in me because of where I'm from, and I appreciate the I hate authority that mm-hmm. Stone Cold had. Yeah. But anytime The Rock touched the microphone, I was listening and I loved it. So I think you can tell in some of my cadences or the way I talk or the flow that I talk, you could probably hear a little bit of The Rock because they helped shape me as a human being. But that whole attitude era, I mean, D-Generation X, the amount of times I was sent to in-school suspension for telling somebody to suck it is like next level. So that whole era I'm about. Yep, I have yep. the history of the championship, though, the DVD, the multi-DVD set. So I've got a chance, obviously, Bruno San Martinez from Pittsburgh, from the same neighborhood that my dad's family's from. So, like, I'm a, I'm a big fan, but I think the ones that most shaped me into dreaming of it were certainly the Rock Stone Cold DX, Ric Flair, even in second run with the WWE, and, like, those types of people. You enjoying Young Rock? Have you chance to watch that oh, a little yeah. bit? Yeah, dude, I love it. It's a lot of fun. Dude, it's a history lesson. Exactly right. How and about Chad uh, Chad uh, Scott? Was that his name? Um, who was clearly Shawn Michaels. Oh, uh, oh I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 it was Chad something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like a little mini documentary of what the world was like back then in the wrestling world yep. through the rock size, who was obviously one to the top. I love it. I enjoy every part of it. Him and Steve in the Indies wrestling before, obviously, they make it. The ladder match mm-hmm. between The Rock and Triple H, it made both of them in Madison Square Garden. Hearing their takes on it, I think, is fantastic. And, obviously, yeah. Triple H has been very good to me. So Absolutely. it's nice to learn that type of stuff. I'm hoping you're going to stay with them. You find ways to come back and do it. That would be a lot of fun. I'll have to. I definitely will. Yeah. I mean, it's like, um, you know, my wife's pregnant right now. Which Congratulations. Is, we've been trying. Thank you. We've been trying for numerous years, and here we go. Football in my business is growing 
like at the same time as what my wrestling career would be going. Mm -hmm. And they're two different demos. You know, like I have wrestling fans, and then I have my show fans. And there's show fans that are wrestling fans. Not a lot of wrestling fans that are show fans. So I think it's tough for them to fully understand sometimes, like, what my show is doing and, like, the amount of attention that I have to show my business. Because I have 13 employees. Two of them just had brand newborns. Other ones have four kids. They got houses. They're gr- so, like, the business is very important to a lot of people. So I have to focus on that. But my dream of being in the WWE is still very real. So I just kind of have to pick and choose how I go about doing it. And the WWE has been so incredibly kind. We're live five days a week, four hours a day. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of commitment. And then when I was doing SmackDown, that was in the end on Friday night. And that's taking away, obviously, from my family time. So I'm trying to balance it all, figure it all out, and also be a part of something that I love, which is WWE. We've been doing three hours a day for 33 years total. I've been at it 27 of the 33 So here. long. It's been forever, and yet we don't have video. We don't worry about how we look, the cameras. and We just worry about getting on a mic, entertaining for three hours, and talking. You've got the, the, the dual way of making sure that the presentation is there as well as the show itself. Yeah, we got to. Got to go every day, too. Yeah. You know, people use us as an escape when they're at work, when they're at school, when they're at home. So we got to show up every day and go, and we take that all very, very seriously. We've committed our entire lives to it, and uh, – Thank you for your service to talk radio. That's a long time appreciate of that. committing your life to sport. So I appreciate the hell out of what you've done as well. We were driving up to Phoenix listening to your show. You were interviewing um, at the time Aaron. He was talking about going into darkness Crazy. for four days. It sounds like the strangest, craziest thing you could possibly do, doesn't it? Yes. It sounds nuts. I, um, <laughs> I, every time I've thought about how I would fare, I freak out. Like, I'm 20 minutes in, I think, yeah. pitch black, like, oddly, weirdly dark. Like, I think that's what it is. Absence of all light is a necessity for this form of sensory deprivation meditation, which I guess was founded in Thailand. I, I can't do it. I, there's no way I'd be able to do it. It's my biggest nightmare, I think, not being able to talk to anybody or see anything. But he is a man who likes to test his own limits, his discipline, his commitment. I think he feels like he needs it to find out what he truly wants to do. So I got massive respect for him doing it. But damn, that ain't something I could ever – I could never do that, Steve. I, I yeah. blink too long I get scared. You know what I mean? It kind of freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> What's it like having that kind of relationship with some of these players, either in the league, uh, past in the league? Because you, you can relate to them at, at a whole different level. I think we're never trying to get anybody. So I can sense your energies the same way. There's a lot of media that is, like, attempting to get the worst day from somebody or get a quote that they can utilize against the person that's coming on the show. We're not trying to get anybody. We are just trying to have a good conversation with everybody we're talking to. Exactly. And uh, I think people notice that. I think they can acknowledge that, and I think our track record says that as well. So I think we get good conversations from people, but we're very lucky that they do that. Like, that could all end. Right. You know? So we try to take advantage and enjoy it all whenever it's happening because who knows when it's going to stop. So we spent all this time. We haven't even talked about the game itself. And yep. that's, the, that's the reason we're all here, what's going to be coming on Sunday. Look, I think it's going to be a terrific football game. And everybody's picking Philly. I'm giving the edge to KC on this one because it's so hard to go against a guy like Patty Mahomes. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes the best player in football. 76% of the money was on Philadelphia on Monday. It's crazy. 70% of the money right now is on Philadelphia, and we're on Friday. That's a lot of money that these sports books are allegedly going to lose. I don't know about that. That is, I came into the week thinking Philly. 
just because the trenches. They win the trenches, you win football. That is what football is. You win in the offense and defensive line, you win football when it matters. Like, that is football. I'm from Pittsburgh. I very much understand that. 76% of the people thinking Philadelphia is going to win and cover minus one and a half. Yeah. 70% of the people thinking that. That seems to be alarming. So then you start selling yourself on the Chiefs. It's like, got to be the Chiefs, I guess. And then you start going through, and it's like Andy Reid knows that they got to protect Patrick Mahomes because they weren't able to do it against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they got beat. Andy Reid knows that their offensive line is unbelievable, so Spags is going to do something on defense to hopefully outwit that particular offensive line. Patrick Mahomes, although he's got an ankle, he seems to be much better than we could have ever expected at this point. He's still Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey's still playing football, right? It's a very difficult game to predict. No doubt. But I think the fact that 76% of the people on Monday were on Philly and 70% now makes me like certain that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win. So I think we're getting a, a great game. And I think Chiefs win in the end. I'm with you on that one. Hey, listen, it has been an absolute treat Thank you. Appreciate to you have guys. you with us. Appreciate everything, Pat. And uh, don't ever change, man. Uh, don't ever change. Continued success. And if you don't mind, my 10-year-old son is a huge fan of yours. And uh, his name is Joel. And he gets a chance to watch you every time when, when you're on wrestling. And hey, just tell Joel you. I said hello, and I appreciate him. Steve, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate and the you, commitment Pat. to talk radio. Thanks, you Pat. as well, Adrian. Don't ever change, Pat. Hey, I'm too dumb to. All right, I'll see you guys. You got it. Pat McAfee, folks, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Come back with more in a moment. Stay with us, folks. Charlie went back with this traffic update. 20 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. It's going to be hard to top that one, folks. Really will. <laughs> Pat McAfee, uh, a pleasant surprise, completely uh, unexpected. Dropped by, and uh, what a conversation that was. Earlier this week, I had a chance to sit down with Dave Tobe. If it's a name that sounds familiar to a lot of you listening, it should. Uh, Dave was a former UTEP assistant coach, got his start as a player in the mid-'80s, and later uh, went on to coach in the NFL, most notably with Andy Reid. He is his special teams coordinator and assistant uh, head coach. And uh, here is the conversation that both Adrian and I had with Dave Tobe as we continue here on Sports Talk. What an unbelievable run it's been for the last 35 years. We were talking about this because you go from playing at UTEP in the mid-'80s to getting on as a grad assistant, and next thing you know, now you're just one of the veteran coaches in the NFL. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, time flies. I mean, I tell you what, it's, it's hard to believe that I've been in the NFL for 22 years already, and you know, let alone what I did in college. So um, I, the, the players make me feel young. You know, it's good to be around them just because – uh, you know, every, only time I really feel old is when I look in the mirror. So <laughs> that's, you know, it's, it's been a fantastic ride. I also love the loyalty from Andy Reid because you were part of that staff under Bob Stoll. Kenny Flagel was there as well. He's right. here too now. Yeah. So it's great to see so many former UTEP coaches and players uh, all still together after all these years. One thing about Coach Reid, you know, uh, first of all, I appreciate everything he's done for us, you know, in, in our career. You know, he kind of excelled in his, his deal and he kept us with him, but. He's loyal. He's loyal as can be, and we're loyal to him. So, uh, you know, that's a credit to him being able to keep his staff together for so long. I think that's really helped us, uh, you know, really have the success that we have and having now. So, um, you know, it's he's just an awesome dude. Take me back to the mid-'80s when you came to UTEP, played under Bill Young, and what that experience was like for you. Well, we, we had the New York connection. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, we had uh, Max Bowman was our uh, recruiter, and we had a number of kids from, from New York area, and I was one of them. Uh, Tony Russo and uh, Joe McKeska and all those guys that came down from New York. Um, uh, I, I went to UTEP without even seeing it. 
You know, I was I was at Springfield College in Massachusetts and played there for two years, and then uh, got recruited down, you know, to, to play at UTEP, and went down sight unseen, committed, and, and got off the plane. I go, where the hell did I just, you know, <laughs> where am I at here? I look like, you know, it looked like it looked like the moon basically. But I mean, I, it didn't take long for me to really fall in love with the place. And I met my wife like about a month after I was there. I started dating a girl, Cheryl, and and you know I. I married her, and I tell you, the rest is history. Fantastic. And then you got your coaching start also at UTEP. After the NFL, you you came back and started as a grad assistant, and you transitioned to strength and conditioning. That was actually how you got in. Yeah, that was the first thing I did. I was a strength coach for a number of years. I I started off at UTEP as a strength coach, uh, graduate assistant, then moved up to the head strength coach job. And then when I went to Missouri, I was a a strength coach for for nine years, and then I moved over to defensive line the last three years at, at Missouri. And then I went from Missouri to, to the Eagles with Andy as assistant D-line special teams. That's where the special teams started. Was special teams something that you ever thought about, or did it just kind of evolve into that? It kind of evolved into it uh, because once I hooked on with the Eagles, uh, you know, John Harbaugh was the, was the head uh, special teams coach, and uh, he, it was really it opened up a whole new world for me. I mean, it was amazing how much and how much involved he was with the football team. And that, that kind of intrigued me, and I just I took the ball and ran with it. Dave, what did you learn the most under Bob Stoll during those years, first at UTEP and then at Missouri? Uh, consistency. Uh, you know, he was always the same guy. Um, he was a leader, uh, leader by example. Um, just, a, just a great coach. Yeah. And now here you are, I said, 20-plus years doing this at the NFL level with Andy Reid. Is it hard to explain just the relationship that the two of you have developed both on and off the field all these years? I think I'm, I've known Andy for maybe longer than anybody on the staff. I mean, uh, I actually, at UTEP, uh, I took him took him out for lunch. Like, Aunt Coach, Coach Stoll said, hey, I got this guy coming in. He's, he's interviewed for the O-line job. I want you to take him out to lunch. Tell me what you think. It was Andy Reid. You know, so we went down. We had lunch somewhere on Mesa, and, you know, we, we hit it off right off the bat. And I went back, and I told him, I said, I, I love this guy, you know. And we ended up hiring him, and, and, you know, we became really close friends, you know, from that point on. And, you know, we, we've been close ever since then. At the same time, he's one of the most respected head coaches in the NFL. People root for him when he won his first Super Bowl ring. Everybody got excited. And now he's part of really a, a little bit of a dynasty in an era where it's so hard to have dynasties like, like now in the NFL. Yeah, there's no question about it. He's, you know, he's he's definitely a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, you know, first time he's eligible, whatever that, that way might be for a coach. Uh, he, I'm sure he's going to get in. I mean, it's hands down. Uh, he's just, he's remarkable at what he's done. And, such a great leader and uh, leader by example and everything that he does. As special teams coordinator, we've seen such a terrific group here in Kansas City, whether it's the kicking game and Harrison Butker, the receiver, the returning game as well. Are, 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 when you look at what your team is doing now as a unit, is this the best special teams unit you've been a part of since you've been here, Casey? Uh, I've had a lot of good ones uh, over the years. Uh, this is I wouldn't say this is the best one, but this is the most gratifying year for me. Uh, as a coach because uh, we had a lot of young players. We had a lot of young rookies. I had six, seven rookies at a time starting on on any one of my units uh, at a time. So, uh, you know, we had our ups and downs this year, but uh, the good thing is that we're hitting the ground. Right now we're we're hitting our stride. You know, we had uh, coming off the last couple games and we're really playing well, and we're playing well at an important time uh, of the season. What have you seen from the Philadelphia Eagles as far as special teams go that we, you know, fans need to be pretty much aware of here for Sunday? You know, they got a really good return game. You know, both, uh, you know, kick return and punt return, uh, excellent. You know, the kicker's good. Elliott, excellent. 
uh, punter, uh, Sipos is coming back off an of injury. Uh, they're, they're just solid across the board, well coached. They fly around. Uh, you know, and then it's the Super Bowl. They're going to be flying around. Everybody knows you're, you're going to get your best. You're going to get your face your best. This isn't your first Super Bowl. You've been doing this for a number of years. <laughs> it's crazy to think back about it. What's the biggest change between now and, and your first Super Bowl? Well, the first Super Bowl I went to was in 2006, and that was uh, with Chicago versus the uh, Colts. And if you remember, we opened the, this opening kickoff was a touchdown, Devin Hester. So uh, that's pretty special. That's hard. It's going to be hard to beat that, but. Um, you know, the game has changed a lot since 06, uh, you know, and Hester had a lot to do with it, him changing the game as far as the rules for special teams and the amount, you know, the kickoff rules and the kick return rules. So um, all those changes, it's kind of, I've been part of it, you know, and, and I've been part of the committees that have been changing it and stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, it's evolved. But this is my fourth one now. It's, it's amazing to think that this is my fourth Super Bowl. Assistant head coach Dave Tobe with us here as we continue. Um, all right, so we heard from Andy Reid that his favorite Mexican food dish is a chili relleno burrito. He said, if you haven't tried it, you need to. Um, you spent many years in El Paso. What was your number one go-to? Oh, boy. I used to like Lucy's. Uh, I, I go there. What was it? Machaca? Yeah, we had that. I mean, that was for breakfast. I mean, that was like, that was that was my go-to right there. And, and for you, you met your wife in El Paso. Other f- special memories of the city? Uh, just the people are great. You know, and I, I, I really got into golf while I was down there. You know, the, the fact that you could play golf all year round, that was that was special. And uh, I had a lot of great friends, friends that I still have today. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, different guys that I met down there that really have been important in my life. Coach, we appreciate it. Thanks Thank again you. and best of luck on Sunday. Thank you. Appreciate it. Let's head out to Steve's conversation earlier with Showtime Sports President Steven Espinosa. And we're back here on Sports Talk. Uh, when we can get an opportunity to talk to somebody who is not just uh, the president of a major cable network in sports, but also an El Pasoan, an El Paso native, it's a pretty special opportunity for us. And we have been after Steven Espinoza for years. We've had him on the phone. We've never had him face-to-face. And it's good to see a former Coronado alum here with us at Radio Row. Welcome. How are you? Uh, I'm great, absolutely. Um, you know, it's a, a what second-generation El Pasoan. I um my mom and aunts and uncles were uh, uh, Burgess High grads. My mom was UT El Paso. My aunts were, uh, were, were as El Paso as it comes. I love it. Now, uh, you went to Stanford. That's yes. where you started from Stanford. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't blame you. It's hard. Listen, when you've got an opportunity to go there and get out of El Paso, sometimes you've got to take that chance, mm-hmm. don't you? you? You do. And look, uh, you talk about culture shock. I, I think I cried just about every weekend. Uh, when I called home, um, saying, look, I, I want to get back. I want to come back. I want to come back. Um, made it through freshman year. And then after that, it was, it was easier. Uh, but it was, uh, it was absolutely a, 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 a massive adjustment. Is it amazing to look back and think about what the last 30 plus years have been like for you career wise, following school and just how you've been able to really make a name for yourself in the sports world, the boxing world and, and doing what you're doing? It, 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 it is, um, it, it's absolutely, it, it, it's stunning, um, you know, and you know, my family, had, like I said, is, had a tradition of UT El Paso. When I graduated high school, I, I applied to, you know, a handful of schools. It was, you know, basically uh, UT El Paso and Stanford, and it was just pure happenstance um, that someone suggested it, you know, I, I don't remember who it was, um, David Weinstein, you know, in class one day uh, said, we're exchanging, you know, test results. He says, oh, you've got great scores. You can go anywhere. I said, well, 
what do you mean? He's uh, like, where? He's like, well, like Stanford or Harvard. Had he said Harvard or Stanford, I might have applied to Harvard and taken a different path. Uh, but then I you know, went to law school, ended up um, five years out of law school representing Oscar De La Hoya and Mike Tyson as their attorney. And um, just, you know, then you know, one thing led to another, and all of a sudden here I am running Showtime Sports. Was boxing something that always interested you, even in your younger days? Yeah, I, I get it from my... Um, from my grandpa, from my, my grandfather, you know, instilled in, in us two things. Um, you know, he was a boxing fan and he was a Dallas Cowboys football fan. Um, you know, not so much soccer, not so much baseball. It was boxing and Dallas Cowboys football. And, and that has persisted to this day. That's awesome. Steven Espinoza with us here on Sports Talk. So you've been running Showtime now for more than 10 years. Uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable when you look at the run. And you've also seen the transition into the digital platforms, which has been huge in recent years. Let's talk about that and how the company has evolved and how the business has really evolved. Yeah, I, I think, look, we, we decided to go um, what we call direct-to-consumer, you know, having the streaming service, you know, back in 2015, which uh, was, in retrospect, um, a, a really fortunate decision, you know, because we've seen companies that get into it too late and they're behind the curve. Um, but the reality is you have to be wherever people want. And even if you've got that cable subscription, you know, if you've got a Showtime uh, boxing match that you want to see and you're on the road, you need to be able to log in on an iPad or a phone you know, to get there. You know, now I think it's a really interesting period in the industry. Um, you know, at some point people felt like, you know, cable got too bloated and all that. You know, now we're at the point where, you know, in order to get everything, you've got to have, you know, seven or eight streaming apps. So I think we're seeing the reverse consolidation, and that's what our company is doing. I think Disney has done a great job. They have several brands within their app. Um, Paramount is now putting several brands. They're putting Showtime, CBS, and all the cable entities in the Paramount Plus app. So I, I think that's the wave of the future, and, and we'll see. We'll you know At some point in the future, we'll go from needing eight or nine apps to probably three or four. What I've also noticed, especially with the newer technology TVs, is that the quality of the picture is better on streaming than it is on, on satellite or cable, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, and you've got smart TVs, you know, and you don't even have to, you know, you just plug it straight into your TV and it's, it's integrated. Um, you don't really hear people, ah, you know, it's streaming, I was lagging, I had freezes like that. It, you know, we've gotten to the point where you can't tell. You're, you go to someone's house, you have no idea if they're streaming or having a traditional network. So true. Um, let's talk about the sports end of it now. So you've got a lot going on on your table. You still have uh, championship boxing, and you've developed that brand, and you continue to do it. But you also have inside the NFL, why we're here right now with Radio Row. And for you, uh, the NBA has become a very, very big market. It really has. And, you know, and I think part of it has come because, uh, you know, the NFL is, is the king. You know, everyone aspires to be have that kind of influence. But in terms of culture and fashion and youth, the NBA sets the trend. I mean, they're the kings of social media. They're the kings of highlights. And for us, it's just really rich, fertile ground. So when we talk about, you know, we were fortunate enough to do the only documentary that Kobe ever did, you know, before he passed. Um, and we've gotten sort of a, from that has grown a brand in which we allow athletes to tell their own stories. You know, and now we're going to push them to areas of discomfort, but... You know, we did an Allen Iverson doc, and it's really one of the first times that he explained what that 
famous practice rant was really about. And, and it's it's crazy that there was this mischaracterization. There was this narrative that persisted for a long, long time that he was really talking about practice, and he wasn't. He was upset about the death of a friend and saying practice. It's not that practice didn't matter, but practice relative to the death of my close friend, it's just practice. So that's what we're looking for is sort of to uh, let the athlete tell his own story in a very authentic way. I think sports documentaries and documentaries in general have just captivated the public audience. People can't get enough of these documentaries. You know, I, I asked somebody, I was having a conversation once with someone who said, we were, we were talking about why there haven't been more good boxing movies. As dramatic as the sport is, you know, we've got Raging Bull and Rocky and a couple others, but not much. And we came to the conclusion, the reason why is because you can't make up fiction that's better than the truth. And you can't make up something better than Don King or Mike Tyson or Floyd Mayweather. They wouldn't be believable, even if you wrote those characters. Sports docs you know, fulfill that. You can't script better stories than what actually happens. Um, you know, we have uh, we have one coming up in April that I'm I'm thrilled about uh, called Catching Lightning. It's a story of Lightning Lee Murray, who's an MMA fighter. Um, he got signed to the UFC after he knocked Tito Ortiz out cold in a street fight in London. Um, his career didn't go as well as he thought. So he pivoted and decided to rob a bank. And he and four knuckleheads from his gym pulled off the biggest bank robbery ever, $92 million cash. And, you know, it sounds like a Guy Ritchie movie. It sounds like Snatch, you know, or something like that. But this is a story of uh, an MMA fighter that pulled off the biggest bank robbery in history. You know, it's a four-episode documentary. It sounds like a movie, but it's real life. That's incredible. Now, um, you know, you also have Bellator in addition to everything you have. How do you see the landscape of, of MMA in relation to boxing? You know, look, we, we all know that UFC is the 800-pound gorilla, um, but knowledgeable MMA fans know as well that there's not a monopoly on the talent. And, and you know, we've seen um, in, w, in pro wrestling, for example, WWE has incredible long history. Uh, but we've seen AE, AEW carve out a really interesting and, and worthwhile brand. Um, and I don't see it really all that different. You know, there is room and enough talent for multiple brands, you know, slightly different favors, flavors of, of the sport. Um, and I think that's what, what Bellator is providing. You know, certainly uh, I think the eight-man tournament that we're in the middle of for the lightweights with A.J. McKee and Usman, who's uh, uh, Khabib's cousin, you know, uh, the eight best lightweight fighters, there's, there's not a deeper pool of talent in any promotion in the world. So there's plenty of talent to go around. Stephen, we've talked about so much here uh, in the last 10 minutes. Give me a few, uh, a little sneak peek into what you think the future is. When, when you're looking into your crystal ball a couple of years down the road, where are we going? Where are we heading? You know, I, I think where we are is, um, you know, people are, are transitioning to a different type of sports conversation. You know, um, we, we're so used to getting inside athletes' lives, you know, and seeing them on social media and seeing behind the scenes and, and, and reality is the, the sports conversation has shifted. So when we do a, a podcast like All the Smoke, which is a very authentic inside uh, type of conversation, I think that's where we're headed, you know, across the board. It's no longer, hey, sort of this voice of God 
it's you you want to relate to this something to your sport with somebody who's knowledgeable but somebody who's also talking to you you know authentically and i think that's what we're trying to find is authentic voices and authentic stories stuff we'll look forward to it thanks for spending some time with us look forward to the next time we get to sit down and talk a little bit with you i really appreciate it good to see you Stephen Espinoza, folks, from Showtime Sports, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Come back with more in a moment. 600 ESPN El Paso. 47 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk, coming your way from Radio Row, Phoenix, Arizona. What an hour it's been, right? Really. Um, Dave Tobe, Pat McAfee, Stephen Espinoza. Uh, it's just been uh, it's been a terrific, terrific hour for us out here uh, in Phoenix and our Rise Federal Credit Union uh, broadcast location as we continue. And it's so interesting, Adrian. Like, I look right now, and, I mean, this place is a ghost town. It's, it's, That's right. It's pretty crazy. Um, everything is pretty much emptied out, and uh, a lot of people are even on their way home. And, um, you know, for us, really our first radio road, taking it all in, um, there was about a, a, a two-day period, Wednesday and Thursday, and even today, up until about 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. This place was bananas. It was going crazy. It really was. I feel like this, uh, you know, Radio Row has its peaks and valleys, but you, you kind of saw everybody, you know, gracefully leave. Everybody's taking photos as a broadcast group or production teams or uh, radio teams and stuff like that. And it makes you excited. It, it just kind of it, it reinforces why we're here and it makes us appreciate where we are right now. And that's uh, that's here on Radio Row. Exactly. And, and really excited about the game coming up. I mean, the reason we're here is just uh, to get us ready for uh, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57 here in Glendale between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and the Chiefs. And um, when Pat was talking about the amount of money that has been wagered on Philadelphia, and remember, he's in the FanDuel box. So if anybody's going to know about wagering, it's going to be Pat. Um, I didn't realize just what a staggering amount of money is being right now thrown on the Eagles to win this football game. And what I always think when I hear numbers like that is, Bet the other way. I mean, don't go with the money. Don't go where the favorites are. Don't necessarily side where everybody is putting their money on. And that's that makes me a little worried. I, I feel like with the Kansas City Chiefs, people are overlooking the fact that they've been there before. They've yep. won one before. And that's a, that's a huge thing for them. No, it is. And I, I think that a lot of this will play into it for this game is that, you know, there's something to be said about a team that, you know, is not it's not their first trip. It's their third trip in the last four years. They know what it's like. They know what to expect. And that's kind of why I'm interested to see how the Chiefs come out. I mean, I know a lot of us are interested to see how the Eagles come out, whether they take the ball first or do they do they defer. But hey, as far as you know, as far as Patrick Mahomes goes, he wants to make a statement. He wants to get there and start trying to put it on that Philadelphia defense right from the get go. Uh, one of the other storylines that just emerged from yesterday's NFL honors is the fact that can Patrick Mahomes win another MVP and you know, uh, maybe a Super Bowl MVP in the same That's season. Right. That would cap off uh, a historic run for him and the Kansas City Chiefs. On the other side, Jalen Hurts was probably the you know the second top uh, MVP in the league. If it wasn't Mahomes, it would have been Jalen Hurts, no doubt about it. He maybe wants that MVP award when it counts the most, which is in the Super Bowl. That's a good point. Um, by the way, 10 minutes from now, 
Darren Woodson's going to join us on the show. And uh, Cowboys fans, uh, this is a conversation you absolutely uh, do not want to miss because here's a guy that played on some incredible teams in the 90s, uh, the di- part of the dynasty, and you know was also with ESPN as an NFL analyst. That was big as well. And, and someone that knows the game so well. I think eventually... Darren Woodson will find his way into Canton and the Hall of Fame. I hope so. Also, to note, it's cool that we get a a chance to talk to Darren Woodson when he's in his own backyard. He was born and raised here in Phoenix, Arizona. He's 53 years young, and he put together such a great uh, career as a Dallas Cowboy. I mean, when we're talking about, when we always on this show reference old Cowboys teams, we're talking about those 90s teams that had great defenses, and Darren Woodson was an integral player part of those defenses when the Cowboys were at their hey, uh, you know at their peak in the in the early 90s. Dynasty was what That's the right. Cowboys was all about. Now by the way, I mean if Kansas City wins this Super Bowl, it'll be their second in the last 4 years. When do we start looking at Kansas City as a dynasty because they've been to the Super Bowl now 3 out of 4. They could have won 2 out of the out of their 3 games especially against a team like Philly that we know is such a going to be a, such a good challenge. When do we start looking at KC as a dynasty? I think they should be uh they should take that title right now. I I do because it's to just get there is so hard in itself, and that's why we appreciate teams like the New England Patriots for getting that you know getting to the Super Bowl year after year the way that they did. It, it makes you appreciate how Peyton Manning led his teams to four Super Bowls uh, throughout his career, and you know you see the the lead, the players who are at the top of their game, the best of, of the best. That's why Patrick Mahomes is at the top of this league right there, and I still feel like he can prove more things to people out there, and uh, it starts on Sunday. He continued to uh, he can continue to do that because on the other side of that, if they don't win, then you could talk about it. Out of the four years that they've gone through this uh, with this roster and this team, they only have one Super Bowl to show for it. You can't take uh, these windows for granted. No, you can't. You absolutely can't. And, and by the way, um, you know after uh, we talk to Darren Woodson coming up here at the top of the hour, it is going to be a busy busy six o'clock hour brett michaels will be with us that's right brett michaels from poison we caught up with him we also had a chance to catch up with joshua palmer the uh, very talented young receiver for the los angeles chargers he will follow and then after sports center marcus smith who is a six-year nfl vet someone that not only had a chance to play for the eagles but has really become one of the preeminent mental health advocates for football players. He's really on a mission because of what happened with him, and he'll have a chance to tell us about that uh, coming up here later in our 6 o'clock hour. So we are loaded down over the next... uh, you know, next 35, 40 minutes with uh, some terrific guests that are going to be happening here on the show. Yeah, Marcus Smith talking with uh, NAMI Communicates. Uh, that's a huge uh, advocate uh, program for things like mental health and, and, you know, really serious stuff when, when it comes to, uh, you know, just taking care of who you are as an athlete. When you're an athlete, you have the spotlight on you like no other. We've seen it all week for Super Bowl Radio, uh, Radio here at Super Bowl Radio Row, and these athletes... Uh, um, it, they don't have a normal life, so taking care of your mental health has got to be a top priority for these guys. You're right, and that's all coming up here in our 6 o'clock hours. So, again, thanks to Technomark El Paso, Synergy Temperature Control, Expert HVAC and Refrigeration, 
Burger Bros and Papa Eric's Burgers, the Oscar Arieta Agency, Border Palettes, El Pedro Grande Tequila, Moramia Barrio Kitchen and Drinks, New Start Homes, Chick-fil-A Airway and Cielo Vista Mall, Pelican Steak and Seafood, and of course our broadcast sponsor, Rise Federal Credit Union. Folks, 60 minutes left in the tank. Stay with us. It's going to be a great final hour out here at Radio Row in Phoenix. Super Bowl 57, Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN, El Paso. Radio Row, Phoenix, Arizona. That's where we are right now as we continue here on Sports Talk. Dallas Cowboy fans, you're going to be excited. Here's a, a name that every Cowboy fan uh, loves to hear. Yeah. Darren Woodson, who's with us right now. Great to see you. You look terrific and uh, happy you're uh, a part of this because this is your backyard. You yeah. played ASU. Yeah, this is my backyard. I grew up in the west side, Maryville area here in, in, in uh, on the west side of Phoenix. And, you know, it was good to be home because I get to see a lot of family and friends and and enjoy the moment here at the Super Bowl. But, you know, also it's just, you know, it, it's great to be – we always talk about, the you know, I'm, of course being a Cowboys fan, you never really like the Eagles and all that. But, I mean, these are the two best teams in the league. I mean, the two best teams made it this year, and it's going to be awesome to sit here and watch this game. I think the, fan, I think the fans are really going to enjoy this game. We don't always get to see two number one seeds like this yes, yes. play their way through and, and, and get into the Super Bowl, do we? No, we don't. It's always someone gets knocked off. Last year was, you know, uh, the Chiefs got knocked off by Cincy, uh, which was a good, really good football team. Uh, but at the same time, you, you rarely see it because at some point, you know, someone's going to get hot at the end of the season. They may make it into the wild card round, but then they'll get they'll get hot at the right time. But this year, you, you had two teams where I thought Philly – was the best team all season long. I mean, from the start, they they, they, just, they put the best team on the field. They got the best personnel in the league, and they're here for a reason because they, they play with a lot of spunk. They play with a lot of attitude. They're in your face. They got confidence, and I, think, I, I like that about them. And then on the opposite side of Kansas City, they got the best quarterback in the league, hands down. I mean, Patrick Mahomes elevates his team to win games, and he carries them on his shoulder. And uh, that's going to be special. It's going to be a special matchup. Isn't it also interesting to think about the NFC East? Because last year, oh, it was a disaster. Right. This year, you had three great football teams out of four. Yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with, you know, the quarterback play uh, on all three of those teams. I, you know, the Cowboys, you know, Dak Prescott missed five games, but he's been consistently good over the last couple of years now. I wish he would finish the deal off, but but then you have you know Jalen Hurts played lights out, and who would have ever have thought starting this season that the Philadelphia Eagles, led by Jalen Hurts, would be in this situation? Because Jalen always hurt you with his legs. He wasn't proven. He he didn't prove the fact that he could hurt you with his arm until this year. And then he has weapons on the outside that, that are home run hitters at the same time. And then the Giants. I mean, Jake, we we they came out of nowhere. And you got to, you know, appreciate the coaching job that they've done up up there in, in New York. But I think the East is going to be even stronger next year and the years to come. Yeah, but you said something really interesting about Jalen Hurts that we didn't know until this year that he yeah. could do it. That's why I didn't believe in the Eagles, and yeah. I didn't know if they could even get this far because I hadn't seen it. And now I've seen it, and you realize this is a legit football power. Yeah, and not only do you see it now, but you see the way Jalen – and the team reacts to Jalen Hurts. You know, when he was out and he wasn't playing those, those couple of games, they weren't the same team. They didn't have that same swagger. When he came back on the team, and we see, even though he was banged up, there was a, a certain swagger, a certain confidence, and it's like this Philly tough attitude. Like, you know, I hate to give them that love, but they got this Philly tough attitude that uh, they believe, and their fans believe, the coaching staff. 
you know, they're an in-your-face coaching staff. They just, you know, it, it, it says a lot when a team, and I played with a team in the, in the 90s, when, when we walked in the room, we felt like we were better than you, hands down. And we were led by a guy number 88 named Michael Irvin who talked big trash and a head coach in Jimmy Johnson who wasn't going to back down. He's 5 nothing, 5 2 and a half, but he wasn't going to back down from anyone. And I think when you play with that kind of confidence, it gets you through tough moments. And, and that's what you're seeing with this team. You're seeing them on third down. They're going to go for it. If it's third and two, third and one, they're going to quarterback sneak you, and they're going to tell you this is what we're going to do. Stop it. And when you believe like that, man, it's, it's, a hard, it's a hard to stop a team like that. Darren Woodson with us here on Sports Talk. Now, you mentioned in your playing days there was no love lost between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Yeah, we used to beat the drum off of them. We used to beat the pants off there. No, I'm just joking. Go ahead. Sorry. You go ahead and finish asking. <laughs> Is there the same kind of animosity these days with players now against rivals like we had 20, 25 years ago? I, you know what? Look, I, I think – you know, 25 years ago, the guys only played on one team. Like, there, I mean, there, I was when when free agency started hitting, and it was in '93 or so, '94, somewhere in the, in, the, in that time. But before then, guys would stay on the same team for you know for their entire career or or, or, or long terms, like eight, nine years or whatnot. When I came on with the Dallas Cowboys, Bill Bates had been with the team, the organization for 10 years, 12 years. Like, and he was a Dallas Cowboy, and I think that's how it was. Like, your identity was wrapped in the team that you played for. With free agency, guys are bouncing around. And this is no fault on their of their own not to understand the rivalry and, and, and the in-depth part of that because you could play for the Washington Redskins, go to the Indianapolis Colts, and then find your way to the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, a lot of guys don't hold on to the rivalries the, the way they used to because of free agency. I don't think it should. I, I, you know, I see all the old heads are like, oh, it's not the same. Yeah, things change. These guys are making a lot of money too. I mean, it, it's, it's a different game than what it used to be. Get over it. It is. And yeah. by the way, if you were playing in today's game, they'd be breaking the bank to try to pay you because that's just the reality of the yeah, sport. That's, yeah, see, I, I remember, I'm glad you said that, because I remember when I got my first big contract. I got drafted four years later. My, I was a free agent. I, I didn't get to free agency, but the Cowboys gave me a huge deal. And I remember the call I got from Drew Pearson. And Drew Pearson said, I can't believe the amount of money that they just gave you. He said, my biggest contract, he said, first of all, I worked in the offseason to support myself because I didn't make enough to play football. He said, my biggest deal was like in hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and, and that's it? He said, you guys are making, you know, this this league is really elevated itself. You're making tons of money. And he says, I want you to understand something. And I said, what? He's, this is Drew Pearson now. I want you to understand something. And I said, what? And he says, 15, 20 years from now, they're going to quadruple what you're making right now. You better be able to live with it. And I thought, man, that's a really good sense of – because it's true. I don't get jealous about what these guys are making now. That's their own business, and they should be making that kind of money. It is true. It's, it's a great point. Now, uh, defensive backs-wise, when you look at these two teams, yep. so you talk about the offense and the quarterbacks, give me your thoughts on really the, the Philadelphia secondary compared to the KC secondary. Look, I, I think uh, the, the, the KC secondary's had some injuries now. They've been beat up here and there throughout, throughout the season. Are they a – a, a stop you man to man, play aggressive type of team. No, I think they, they play some man. They play a lot of cover three and they play some zone. They'll they'll mix it in with some zone zones. They give up some big plays, 
they will give us some big plays for you and, and they're to be had. But they also, they're opportunistic at times too. The ball finds a way to be on the ground when you play against Kansas. Somehow, some way, you get a long drive, you had an eight, you know, eight, nine, ten play drive, and then the ball's on the ground and they're, and they're recovering it inside their 20. It's just amazing to watch this team bend, 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 and then finally they make a play. The Eagles aren't going to give you much. Like, you're going to have to earn it. You're really going to have to earn it because they're going to always make you uncomfortable with the pass rush. Reddick's coming off one edge, Sweat's on the other one, Cox is pushing the pile. They just, they're dynamic in their own ways because they beat one-on-one. You can't block them, everybody, with two guys. So someone's going to get the one-on-one, and they're winning those one-on-ones. So they always put you in, 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 in odd situations. And then Slay, and in the, on the back end of it, they had that count in their head. They know the ball's coming out. It's a two, two and a half, three count. That ball better be out. And it allows them to jump routes that are right in front of them. And they're really aggressive with what they're playing in the secondary, which we were at the same time in the 90s when, when I had Tony Tobert on one side and that Charles Haley. That ball better be out of your hand in two and a half seconds. And my clock is saying 1,001, 1,002. That ball better be out. And I'm breaking on it, right? So they're playing with the same type of fever and the same type of attitude in that so secondary. So happy you mentioned Tony Tolbert, former UTEP minor and yeah. great El Paso connection. Yeah. So you guys are going to give Tony that kind of love. <laughs> Look, I love, I love Tony. Tony was it's still, you know, he, he taught me how to be a pro in this league. And uh, I love him dearly for that. But uh, he'll let you know, too, that he was probably one of the best to come out of Utah. <laughs> I bet he would. Absolutely right. Until Aaron Jones arrived. Until That's Aaron right. Jones arrived. That's right. Um, so who gets the edge, uh, Casey or Philadelphia in I'm your going opinion? with Philly, man. I just think that, that they're the better team. They've proven it all season long. Uh, they have a tremendous pass rush. They play really good defense on the back end. And Jalen Hurts is a, is a dual-threat quarterback. He's going to hurt you with his legs. And who would have ever, again, who would have thought that he would have started to really open up the offense with his arm? But, you know, he'll pick you apart in the pocket as well. And they have two guys on the outside that are number one receivers. Like, there are going to be, there are going to be a lot of one-on-one opportunities for these guys to, to get the ball, drive the ball down the field. And I just don't know. Look, I hate to say tough enough but Philly's going to they're going to test your metal they're going to see how tough you want to play like if you want if you're going to knuckle up they're going to knuckle up with you just don't believe they're going to come out with, with gloves on they're coming out with, just, with the knuckles and they're going to play hard and you know I think it's going to test Kansas City early on I, I'm curious to see how Kansas City fights back when they get punched in the mouth before we let you go and you've been great yeah. uh, let's finish it up with the Cowboys are you as worried about Dak going forward, taking the Cowboys to that next to, to this spot here as others are, especially after what happened uh, against San Francisco. Well, look, I, I think we all are because the last thing you saw, the last game you've seen of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys was the fact that he wasn't playing well. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think we're always we're all concerned. And just being realistic, I mean, we, we're all concerned about what we saw on film that day. Uh, now, I think he has all the intangibles to bounce back. I think he's a cha- I think he has a championship medal. I mean, look, I, I office my commercial real estate firm offices at the Star, and I look down at that practice field every single day. And the first guy out there in the off season is Dak Prescott, and he's throwing to everybody, the scout team guys, high school players coming out. He's out there. He's a leader. He's a true leader. So he's built to 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 be a championship quarterback because he's available every day. He does the right thing every day. I think he has the medal to do so, but he's got to find a way to win the big games. And this is the same knock we had on Tony Romo uh, with, the, with the Cowboys as well when they had a ton of talent around a great offensive line, great weapons, 
and they get to the divisional round and, and they just never could get to that NFC championship round. And, I, and that's the same thing that they, they went through. I still think Dak has it in him. I don't think we, I don't think you give up on the guy that right now. I think you find a way to get a couple other, you know, a couple more receivers. You find a way to to be more dynamic in the in, in the backfield, and you find a way to get better in the secondary with the Cowboys as well. And I think you got something there. Darren Woodson with us here on Sports Talk tonight is Hall of Fame night. They're going to announce the class. What would it mean for you if uh, you eventually get the call? Oh, find man. out that you're going to Canton. It'd be special. It'd be spe- it's a dream come true. I thought you know I was a six year old kid here in Phoenix, Arizona running around with a little snot-nosed kid from Henson Projects wanting to wanting to be in a situation where, you know, I could be one of the best ever. And, you know, heck, I just wanted to play in a Super Bowl, and that happened. And I also wanted to, to be in the ring of honor. That happened. And my dream was uh, to be the, one of the best and wear a gold jacket, and that's yet to happen. So um, hopefully at some point uh, when God aligns everything, the football gods align it, then I get in, man, and it'll be a great moment, man. I'll enjoy it with my wife and my kids and my family. And, and that's who, and, and, and more so than anybody. Like, I love my wife, my family, my kids and all. But I played in the 90s where there are two guys that represent the Cowboys defense that are in the, in the, in the Hall of Fame. And that's Charles Haley, who spent most of his career with the San Francisco 49ers. And Deion Sanders, who was with Atlanta, San Fran, and then us, and then went on. But I feel like I represent those guys that got drafted, that Jimmy drafted, that came on that team and and played at the highest level. So I represent the Tony Tolberts and the Thomas Everett's and and you know all the, the James Washingtons and the Kevin Smiths and Larry Brown, the dudes that got drafted. I'm not gonna say Thomas because Thomas got, was, but but there's so many other guys that came up through that system, man, that didn't get the recognition. And I think everyone always thought that we played that that Emmett Smith played, you know, safety and Troy Aikman played middle linebacker and Michael Irvin was a defensive end and they played both ways. But that didn't happen. I mean the reality is we had the number one defense. We had nine turnovers in the first Super Bowl. We had forced five in the next one and then then Larry Larry Brown has two interceptions in the last one in in ninety five to win it. This defense played lights out and we just didn't get the respect. So it's time. I'm with you. I think everybody in El Paso would say it's time. Cowboy fans all over the place know it's time. Thank you very much for being here. All right, no problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, Sports Talk Live from Radio Row, Super Bowl 57 out at the Rise Federal Credit Union broadcast booth. Thanks to our great supporting sponsors here that allowed us to make the trip out for Super Bowl Radio Row, including Technomark El Paso, El Pedro Grande Tequila, Moramia Barrio Kitchen and Drinks, Synergy Temperature Control, Burger Bros and Papa Eric's Burgers, Expert HVAC and Refrigeration, the Oscar at the Agency, Border Pallets, Chick-fil-A, Airway and Sea Vista Mall, New Start Homes, and Pelican Steak and Seafood. Uh, now I want to get out to one of our favorite interviews from today. We got a chance to meet this man uh, earlier today out in front of the Sirius XM booth. It's Brett Michaels. The, uh, you can check him out on Twitter at Brett Michaels on Twitter. And Steve, this interview was uh, so fun to do. It really was. You know, we saw Brett. Actually, you found him. You, you have to give yourself a lot of credit, Adrian. You were very much on the ball when it came to who was here these last three days. And uh, Twitter was a big help. And you found That's Brett right. Michaels. We uh, we found him, and then the next thing you know, we uh, asked him if he had a little time, and the response was 
over the top, wasn't it? It really was. And this is not only uh, great for our listeners here on 600 ESPN El Paso, but also for our partner station, 95.5 KLAQ. That, those listeners who are listening in to us right now, they'll, they'll love this conversation. I'm with you. So let's get right to it. Earlier today, here's uh, rocker and uh, poison legend, Brett Michaels. All right, we're here right now with rock legend Brett Michaels uh, and Radio Row. This is probably not your first trip here, right? You've been right. here before. I What's have. it like for you? For me, first of all, sports and music are like my life come together. It uh, as a diabetic, uh, it has been therapeutic. I got diagnosed when I was six, so sports and music coming together like this is incredible. I think I know everybody here, and uh, they all know I'm a sports fanatic, so it's great. But I'll tell you something: to be here. And hang out with everybody. And we just played Glendale at the stadium with Poison was just there a couple months ago. And it was an awesome show. I feel like that's what everybody loves so much about Radio Row. It's almost like a reunion and a chance for so yes. many to reconnect. It's exactly what it is. So this, this is a great story. The new single I have, I just released it called Back in the Day brings everything from then till now and it talks about how great radio is the community it brings and that's exactly what this is it's like one big family reunion you look terrific you look like you're in great shape so Thank tell me you. about the tour and how it's been going uh the tour so far it's the party girl the brett michaels party girl mardi girl tour everything has been sold out tomorrow in indiana sold out all the arenas started this year in cincinnati and then we're on the road all the way until the fall and it's Detroit is the kickoff of one of the big nights there at the all the amphitheaters and arenas. It's going to be awesome. And a stadium tour last summer. I just want to take a moment so the listeners understand. Fans, we I love you. And the party girl is a celebration of the fans, the bands, the music. Thank you for selling out every night of the stadium tour. It was incredible. Well, first off, Brett, you know El Paso's got a huge fan base for you. Huge. It's a rocking town. You've been right. going there for years. Right. And whenever they hear you're coming, they get excited. El Paso, I'll be back there this year to El Paso. It's going to be unbelievable. Uh, I do San Antonio in, in just a, uh, another week or so. And then El Paso. And I just got to say this. My mom lives just down, just a state over. She's in Las Cruces. You know, and we love El Paso. Every time we're there, it is an absolute party. Who's your pick for the Super Bowl? You know what? This is a tough one because I grew up a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. I was born and raised in Pittsburgh. I love to see two things. Kansas City, all my friends from Kansas City are here. Kelsey versus Kelsey. So Eagles, you know, you got the Eagles, the Chiefs. It's a tough one for me because they're matched up. Patrick's a warrior. Jalen's a warrior. It's good times. My my pick is that I'm going to be here as a supporter of the Super Bowl and watch both teams kick ass. Love it. Love Brett so Michaels. Good. Uh, how about that little piece of trivia? His mom lives in Las Cruces, New Mexico. I love that. I had no clue about that. And the fact that West Texas El Paso is near and dear to Brett Michaels' heart is so cool. And, and so fitting that he's uh, he remembers KLAQ and El Paso's great crowds that have been there for him over the, over the years. Not surprised, are you, Adrian, when you consider the history that he has with this city and you said it best. It's a rock town, so that makes all the sense in the world. And that was how we started. And then, a little bit later, 
you found Josh Palmer, who is one of the great young receivers for the for the I was going to say San Diego, the right. Los Angeles Chargers. He was decked out in his golf designer sweater. Uh, he was there. This is his second year in the league, and Joshua Palmer is somebody who uh, you know emerged onto the scene as a top receiver for Justin Herbert amid a lot of injuries to Mike Williams in and out. Uh, you know, um, in and out of the lineup for uh, Keenan Allen in the receiving group, and so uh, Justin Herbert had to rely heavily on. Uh, young receiver like Josh Palmer. Let's share that conversation next as we continue with our coverage from Radio Row. We're here right now with Josh Palmer of the Chargers. and uh, Just give me an idea of what Radio Row has been like for you, taking this all in, seeing everybody, players, media, and just all the hoopla. Uh, it was it's the same last year uh, when it was, where was it, in SoFi. Um, just come answer questions. Um, you know, everyone's interested in what, what, how your uh, opinions were on the season, so I just try to keep it honest. All right, so it's your second go-around is what you're telling me. So after a while, it, it all feels the same, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. It's just like any any other interview, really. Uh, maybe it'd be more fun, and hopefully this is coming up soon, where you're going to be playing on Sunday and not having to worry about uh, walking around here on Fridays, right? Yeah, yeah. When I'm not here, you know it's, it's better. I'm in a better position. Uh, at the same time, you had a, a terrific year, and, uh, you know, the Chargers are one of those teams that are close. You could see it's on the cusp. Tell me a little bit about what 2022 was really like for you and for the team. Uh, it was, I'd say it was a roller coaster, but we were able to we were able to settle down and go on that streak to get to the playoffs, and you know that unfortunate loss, it sucks, but all we can do is come back stronger. You seem like someone also that kind of takes everything in stride and, and from year to year just keeps getting better and better. How would you describe how your game has really improved from your rookie season till now? Uh, just staying focused on my craft, working on my craft a lot. Um, you know, really trusting Keenan, Mike, the receivers in the room, really trusting the coaches and their and their um, and the schemes, understanding the schemes. People have no idea how hard it is. You said honing your craft, working on your craft. If you had to try to explain to people all the work you put in, all the time that goes into this, mm. how would you, how would you you know how do you put it into words? Um, geez, uh, I would say all the cliches you hear about. You gotta put the work in. You gotta put the time in. All that stuff you hear in books and people's quotes, you have to do it. You know, it's, it's cliche, but people are the people that say it's cliche, like, oh, that's so cliche. They don't do it. So, yeah. So you, you, have, to, you have to live the cliche lifestyle. I hear you. And and people probably can't even imagine the amount of hours that goes into doing the work to get yourself ready for Sundays, can yeah. they? Yeah. No, for sure, it takes a lot. Um, when no one's looking, what's done in the dark will come to light. So. How about the game itself on Sunday? How do you see it going between these two teams? Uh, well, there's going to be a winner, for sure. Uh, I don't know. You know, maybe the Chiefs, because I play in the AFC, so an AFC team wouldn't hurt to win. But um, I won't be watching the game, so I don't know. I hear you. Yeah. But when you watch a guy like Patrick Mahomes play, what impresses you the most about him? It's his creativity and the stuff he just does on, on the fly, freestyling. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. At the same time, you've got a heck of a quarterback also. What do you you think the best is yet to come from, from Justin Herbert? Mm, yeah, you know, he's still young. I'm still young. I say he's young, but, um, you know, we're both still young in the league. And, you know, I know he thinks he has a lot more room to grow. And he's just going to he's gonna strive for that. He's going to come out next season even harder. One last question. When you're not playing, when you're not working on your craft, what are you doing during your downtime? What, what can we find you doing? Uh, chilling, watching a movie, watching TV shows, reading, biking. Favorite book you're reading right now? Uh, I'm reading a book called My Favorite Book is 5 a.m. Club, but the book I'm reading right now is A Fighter's Mind by Sam Sheridan. 
Very nice. Good to talk to you, Josh. Thanks so much. Thank you. Let's go out to our conversation from earlier today with Marcus Smith II. As we get closer to Super Bowl 57, a man that knows a little bit about the Eagles because he spent, I think, four seasons with them. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, Marcus Smith, great to see you. Thanks for being here. What's it been like for you your first time at Radio Row? Man, it's been great. Been been able to talk to, to different uh, media outlets and continue to talk about what I've been doing with mental health. And uh, obviously I have my own foundation called The Circle of Them. But uh, one of the biggest things why, why I'm here is being an ambassador with uh, NAMI and continue continuing to push that the mental health message forward so so guys can you know be more vulnerable about what they deal with when did you really start getting involved with them and and deciding that mental health was something you really were passionate about man so i actually had my own dealings with mental health uh, in 2018 when i was with seattle i left philly uh, had a run-in with suicide and then after that, um, I started my healing process, my healing journey. Um, so I've been doing that within myself. Then I started working with uh, players, becoming a life coach, being a bridge for them to, to get the help that they solely desire. And then after that, um, I found uh, NAMI, and, and, and uh, we've been working together, trying to do stuff together uh, to bring uh, more awareness so people can know more about NAMI and their resources and the things that they have to offer. Um, so things like you know mental health or things that people deal with won't go on deaf ears. So. Uh, that's kind of what we've been doing. That's great, especially knowing that you were able to come back from that and really now become so involved right. in this fight and, and just trying to help people so that you know they end up with a, a good ending. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I think it's important. It's very important. Uh, I don't want people to have to walk away from the game like how I did and, and start that healing process. I want them to start the healing process early while they're playing so they can have, still have fun And because we know the rigorous uh, ways of the, of the game. We know that it can be you know hard on our bodies and things of that nature, but if we start that now you know while we're playing uh when we're done playing and we're transitioning uh it, it won't be as hard to to find out who the real person is when they take the helmet off so marcus if you knew then what you know now you probably would still be playing in the league wouldn't you i probably would you know it's <laughs> it's crazy because you know i wouldn't change a thing you know but at the same time if i could go back if i could go back to when i was playing at the eagles i obviously it was uh, you know a hard time for me but at the same time you know it made me who i am and without that experience you wouldn't have the marcus smith that you see today with mental health it's so important to athletes today because now we live in an era of social media how can you kind of be an ambassador or a leader to some of these current players who might get trapped in the world of social media which can really harm your mental health overall Man, I would say, man, social media is like a rabbit hole. It's it's a it's a hole that sometimes you can't get out of if you if you are scrolling, if you see the things that people say. Because at the end of the day, everybody is not gonna like you, right? It's it's not it's inevitable that somebody is gonna say something negative about you. But I think the thing about you have to know who you are, right? You have to be positive within yourself. I always talk about positive self-talk. Know that you were in the NFL. You're, you're playing the position. You're 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 doing those things for a reason, right? And so. If you, if you don't look at those things and you just focus on the task at hand, focus on you being the best person and player that you can possibly be, you know, I think that you'll have an everlasting career. And, you know, the things that people say won't hurt you as much because, you know, you're looking at yourself and you as a human being knowing that you are, you're greater than what people are saying.
It's almost like, Marcus, if you have social media, great, just don't look at all the comments. Just do right. what you want to do. And somehow, even though it's probably difficult to, and tempting, right. just don't look at what everybody else says, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's hard, though. It's hard because, you know, you want, you want people to be saying good things about you. So inevitably, when you post something or you're doing something that's positive, you're going to inevitably see those things. So when, when you do see those things, you have to just be confident in yourself. And sometimes being confident in yourself really says, hey, you know what? I may I may have to go talk to somebody. I may need a life coach. I may need a mentor, right? Just to continue continue to breed that confidence in me. And um, sometimes you do need that. Sometimes you need the reinforcement to for somebody like me to tell you, like, hey, you're more than a conqueror. You, you're you're playing for a reason. And just be positive in every aspect. Tell us more about Nami and what they do, man. So, um, so I got with Nami. I think uh, maybe like uh, five months ago. And, um, you know, them, me being ambassador for them, they have all these resources uh, for, for mental health. Um, you can go to NAMI.org and you can see all of their, their resources and the things that they, that they do. But the thing is, we're, we're trying to get people to understand that NAMI is here, right? Because if you ask certain people, if you, if you ask uh, people in the past, they wish they would have knew more about NAMI. So I'm just coming on as... Uh, as an ambassador, as a player, to, to, to push this message forward and, and to show people, hey, NAMI exists and there are resources out, there, resources out there that will help you as an individual, as a person, and, and as an athlete. Marcus Smith with us here as we continue from Radio Row. Now, as far as your former team, they're a little, <laughs> they're a little different now in their makeup than they were when you were on this group. Right. But let's talk about this team because the Eagles have had a terrific season. Uh, a lot of people are picking them to win this game. Their defense, which you can appreciate, has been unbelievable. Mm. And they got a dynamic quarterback and a great offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Uh, <laughs> BG was obviously, that's that's my guy, like, I, you know, former first round or two as well. And um, he was somebody that took me under my wing. But the Eagles, they have a great defense. Uh, obviously, defense wins championships. We know that. So I, I feel like that's going to be on display tomorrow. I think the sacks that they have uh, as a defensive front, actually, I just think that um, those numbers, numbers don't lie, right? And I think that they'll come out with the victory. I'm, I'm an Eagles guy all the way. I say that all the time. Um, and I just think the defense is going to win the game tomorrow. How about Jalen Hurd's story, right? I mean, what an unbelievable leader he was going from Alabama to Oklahoma and then being selected in the second round, never complaining, never like that, but he's a great leader on and off the field. Right, yeah. I think I think Jalen Hurts is the, the example of what it really looks like to, you know, not listen to the naysayers, to actually remain in your position and know who you are and be confident in who you are. You know, at Alabama, he, he lost his spot in, in that moment in the championship game, right? But he waited it out. He, he, he really just stayed true to what he knew that he could do, and that opportunity came back up, and that's what we all want. We just want the opportunity to be successful as we can possibly be, and he has always risen to the occasion. So when you look at him, you know, you can tell he has thick skin. You can tell um, he comes from a great background and um, that his parents raised him well. So I feel like him leading the Eagles, is he's the perfect person to do that. As far as the defense going up against the Philly offense, uh, the uh, KC offense, and uh, Patrick Mahomes, how difficult is it going to be for that defensive front to get that pressure and really uh, try to make uh, Mahomes' life uh, miserable? Man, it's, it's definitely going to be difficult. You know, he is he's Houdini, right? He is, you know, throwing the no-look passes, doing doing all that. They're going to have to um, be able to contain him, not uh, get him outside of the pocket. Obviously, when he gets outside of the pocket, he is, you know, his his, his – radius is 
crazy because, you know, Travis Kelsey, is he's going to find him. He's going to do all those things. So I think the biggest thing is the defense is going to have to keep him inside of the pocket you know, to try to corral him to make him uncomfortable. Um, and I think that they can be successful with with the people that they have. Obviously, their, their sacks is crazy. And then you have the DBs. They, they, they have them. You know what I mean? The, the team is a little bit different from 2017. I honestly think they're a better team. You know what I mean? So I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll have their way uh, on Sunday. Marcus, we enjoyed it. Great to run into you. Uh, have a great time while you're here, and thanks so much. No problem. Thank you for having me. Final countdown for us from Super Bowl 57 Radio Row, the Rise Federal Credit Union broadcast location. Super thanks uh, to Rise FCU and, and all of our sponsors, Technomark El Paso. Um, you know, you talk about Mark Huerta and uh, Eber Moya. They were terrific for us. All, uh, all week long, Synergy Temperature Control, Marco Chavira, the Oscar Arrieta Agency, Expert HVAC and Refrigeration, Eric Alvarez. Uh, how about Eric from Papa Eric's Burgers and Burger Bros, Adrian? Yeah, he's a diehard UTEP fan. I know he's listening to this one. He was telling us how he wanted to make the trip out to Phoenix. Uh, hey, maybe next time in Vegas. We'll, we'll, get him, uh, we'll, we'll see him out there. Um, I think that would be terrific, and I would look forward to that. Also, uh, a special thanks uh, go out to Border Pallets for making that happen as well. Tell you what, uh, again, all these new clients jumping on board with us for the first time, Felipe and Barbara Truax, thank you for your support. El Pedro Grande Tequila, Keith Mahar, along with Renard Johnson, Chick-fil-A Airway and Cielo Vista Mall, Anthony and Joy Martinez, thank you as well. Uh, Pelican Steak and Seafood, I'll tell you what, um, you know, you talk about what they were able to do as well. And, uh, you know, Jim is phenomenal. And all I can say is very, very happy we were able to get Jim Diaz and Pelican Steak and Seafood on board. We've got a few more as well, Adrian. Most definitely. want to give a special thanks to New Start Homes. Jason Glass out there with his amazing team. They uh, developed some of the best mobile homes that you'll find here in El Paso. Uh, also want to give a special thanks out to Chick-fil-A, Airway, and Cielo Vista Mall, along with Mora Mia Barrio Kitchen and Drinks on the far east side of El Paso. You can find them. Um, and so what a, what a great experience that this has all been. It's been a team effort. It really has. And it's uh, put it together and... Uh, on short notice, we thank all of you because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be out here. We appreciate your support and, and, and allowing us and uh, Steve and Chris, the uh, the Foss and, and Chris Fernandez with laying down the law broadcasting from this location as well. Steve, uh, I have a bit of breaking news before we uh, go out and, and uh, wrap up this show. This is coming in from New Mexico State officials uh, per Colin Deaver on his Twitter account. The program has suspended operations indefinitely based on new allegations. This had nothing to do with what happened in Albuquerque. Here's what they said, quote, New Mexico State University is suspending operations for the men's basketball program until further notice. NMSU personnel were recently informed of new allegations separate from the events that took place in Albuquerque late last year involving potential violations of university policy. While those allegations are being investigated, the men's basketball coaching staff has been placed on paid administration leave. The game scheduled for February 11th against Cal Baptist will not be played. Holy smokes! That is a wow. that is a blockbuster, a shocker, and huh. uh, I mean, you wonder, you know, Colin doing it again. What that entails? 
Does this relate to the Mike Peek incident in some other capacity, or is this something totally different, Adrian? So now this is uh, turning national quick. Jeff Goodman is on it on Stadium as well. He says that it has been canceled due to an issue within the Aggies program. It's not a COVID issue. It's not an Albuquerque issue, and that is all we know so far Holy smokes. For, uh, from Jeff Goodman from Stadium. Wow. That is a blockbuster, a shocker. And what has already been a miserable basketball season just got even worse. And you wonder, how will Mario Mocha and the Aggies be able to navigate to, out of this one? That's going to be the million-dollar question at this point. Coaches pay on, a, on paid administration leave? Season could be over right over. now. It's over. A, it, yeah, this is terrible. What has happened in Las no Cruces? Clue. Oh, man. That wow. is absolutely crazy. All right, hey, in the meantime... Want to uh, tell you a little story about Stephen and Maddie, who bought their home in East El Paso. And they bought it with Brian Burns and his team in the past, but now they wanted to relocate to be closer to family. So, of course, what they do? They called Brian again. And that home was listed for $265,000. And in a short time, Brian's phenomenal marketing got them a full-price offer, even getting the deal closed so early that Stephen and Maddie could move forward with their plans without delay. Now... To achieve top dollar for your home, you need that agent who can create an auction-like effect. Buyers compete for your home, drive up the price. It's exactly what Brian Burns of the Brian Burns Home Selling Team, powered by EXP Realty, can do for you. So give them a call. They're the official real estate agent of UTEP, El Paso Locomotive FC, and the Rhinos. The only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. You want to know why? I trust Brian Burns. You should, too. Call them today, 751 1500 online at brianbirds.com or google brian b-u-r-d-s and start packing adrian uh it's crazy because as great as this show has been and it's been amazing today i mean alvin jones dave tobe pat mcafee steven espinoza darren woodson brett michaels um joshua palmer and marcus smith all joined us today all I'm going to think about as we wrap it up, besides being here for these three great days, is what you just talked about right now with the Aggies basketball program. It's crazy. I love sports talk because we will be talking about this for two hours on Monday, probably the rest of all next week, and we're set up. I mean, look, we just finished up a great week of, of Radio Row here yep. live from Super Bowl 57, and now we've got a big week talking college hoops and all of the drama with New Mexico State men's basketball. I picked KC earlier with Pat. Who do you like in this game? I'm picking Kansas City as well. I'm going 28-14. I got two touchdowns for Kansas City. Slow start at the beginning, and uh, the Chiefs get it done in the end. I, I think they, they do it by two touchdowns. All right, 30 seconds left. Angel, you've been terrific. Everybody that's been a part of this show and laying down the law have been terrific. Final takeaways. My my final thoughts are, thank you so much, Phoenix. On to Vegas next year in 2024. Summed it up short and sweet, right? That's exactly right. This has been an unbelievable experience. Thanks again, Steve. You're welcome. To all of our sponsors, to all of you, to the Foss, to Chris Fernandez, and to uh, everybody out here making this such a great stay for us at Super Bowl 57 in Radio Row, we thank you as well. For Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. So long, everybody, from Radio Row and Super Bowl 57.